2: Hello and welcome to episode number 43 of The Third Power, first of the year 2014. Uh, Of course, this is one of your hosts, Anthony Avatolo, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, the very excited Usman Jamil. I'm
3: quite excited. I'm not, sure. I'm not sure how to articulate it but I'm quite excited
2: <laughs> I can tell you're already giggling and no one's even said anything remotely funny yet so outstanding well we're here uh in the new year and uh we've uh decided we're gonna we're gonna just do some talking about colors when we reached out to you guys and uh asked for some ideas as far as uh what to cover uh you guys um and I know I like them when I've heard other podcasts do them just kind of review the colors and uh and, you know, what it, what it does well, what it doesn't do well, and, and just kind of talk about them in general.
3: Yeah, that works. I thought it was a nice idea. I'm like, sure. Let's, uh, and figure, you know, Wooberg, Order, might as well start with White.
2: Yes, start with White for sure. It, it's kind of hard not to do it in Wooberg Order. I did the uh, – uh, hopefully you guys will be seeing my uh, recently submitted Modern Cube articles, and I said the exact same thing. I'm, you know, I said I'm doing them in Wooberg Order. I can't it's, – it's hard for me not to. Yeah, you know. pretty much. And went thinking about what order I should do things, so today we'll be talking all about the white cards uh and white power, <laughs> not that much you sick those
3: I was kind of was wondering if like if that was gonna
2: happen be like that Dave Chappelle episode white power
3: <laughs> did you ever see that like children's book? It was like about it was called like white flower or something no. so it was about it was like this children's book, and it was inspired by. Like, when the clan went to some, I don't know, some, they were, like, marching or something. And so, oh, man, I should probably link it in the show notes. But, like, uh, so they had, like, you know, they were going, they were, like, white power, white power. And, like, so there was these, the the people in the town, like, dressed up like clowns. And it was done in, like, a children's book. So it was all rhymey and whatever. It was, like, and then they were, like, so they were chanting, like, white power. And they were, like, putting their ear up and listening. It's, like, oh, White flower and they like threw like a bunch of like uh, flour into the air and stuff like that, and then the then they were un- the the Klan people were unhappy, and they were like they were chanting again. It's like oh, wife
2: power, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so so wait, so there's a children's book about the KKK.
1: So yeah,
3: it's a, I forget what it's called, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it was you know kind of making fun of them. Um,
1: right, I'll see if right. I can find. That's insane. Yeah, it was,
3: it was about a couple years ago. Let's see. White. Yeah, I think it's called White Flower. Yeah, it's called White Flower. And like, wow. there's a reading of it on YouTube. I'll probably link to that. But it's like they go through the pages and it's the writer or some guy. I think it's the writer, like, reading through it. There was a Kickstarter for it. It looks like last year, to March 2012, or I guess two years ago. It doesn't
2: feel like they're... that's insane. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: All right. <laughs> well, well, with that mind, we'll uh, start our episode just like we do all the rest with a crack a pack. And uh, today we're going to use Usman's cube. All right. Which is how big? Four fifty. Four sixty. Four. Yeah. Sorry. Four sixty.
1: Oh, I don't care. Whatever.
2: Four fifty-ish power. Yeah.
3: Has cards. All right. First card. Are you Wait, typing or am I, ty- I typing?
2: I am typing. You you have the the very difficult job of reading cards. It's names, very, diff- so I will it's very it. difficult.
3: Uh, the first card, Reckless Charge, which I had signed by now present R and D member John Laux. Dare tell why?
2: Yes. Right. Yes. Should tell everybody. Else okay. Why. So
3: there was this MotoCube video, which. Um, you know, like, John and Marshall from Limited Resources joined, and I'm like, okay, I've got to get in there, and I did. And I was like, ended up a white, red Boros deck, and I had Reckless Charge to my sideboard. So I play game one, he's, he's John, and I get crushed. So I'm like, well, I need to be the burn deck. So I sided in Reckless Charge, and then, you know, he stabilizes, 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 he's at five, and I play, like, two drop Reckless Charge, kill him. And then game three goes along, you know, he uh, wraps the board, you know, we kind of do our thing, I Wheel of Fortune, do the early game thing. He starts to stabilize a little bit more, and then he doesn't attack, um, puts me at, like, a super low life total. Uh, Kelvin Champion, Lil' Cathar, Reckless Charge, kill you. And he was like, man, I'm like, yo. Yup. And I think I was texting Marshall, I'm like, hey, could you have John sign this Reckless Charge? And he was, like, laughing. Nice. And he did because because I'm a horrible human being. Because <laughs> I think I gave it to him at, at uh, Gen Con. I'm like, hey, can you give this oh, to John okay. to sign it, and he's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, sweet, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, second uh, day of judgment, which I guess is an interesting card for this for this episode. Yeah. Uh, third card. Wow, I did not I did not stack this land tax. Yet oh, another I... iconic white card. Yeah. Okay. No uh, number four. Okay, I guess this isn't really an iconic white card. Uh, Chain to the Rocks, but it is another white card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, fifth one, Nether Void. Uh, next card, Mistress Factory. Alright. Uh, next card, Sword of Light and Shadow. Kind of relevant with this, uh, okay. with this episode. Uh, next card, Everflowing Chalice. Uh, next card, Psionic Blast. Next card, Geist of St. Traft, or uh, a, a Goose of St. Traft. Or at least that's what I call it. Geist of St. Traft. Uh, next is Wall of Roots. All right. Uh, next card,
2: Pack Rat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 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 quick story about Pack Rat. Uh, before uh Adam Prozak left to go and do R and D, uh you know, I went to make and hung out with him at the open that weekend and we were kinda going through my cube and just talking about some some like inclusions and exclusions and he saw Packrat, and he's like, get this card out of here and I'm like, why? It's very, you know, it's a very iconic limited card that <clears throat> you know, it, uh, you know, super limited all star, you know, one of those close to unbeatable cards, much like uh Drana. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and the card's actually fine. You know, granted, there are more ways to deal with it, but it's certainly won some games where someone just played it on turn two. Mm-hmm. And his opinion was, if it never saw play, a significant playing constructed, it shouldn't be in the cube. Well, as it turns out, it's still in my cube. <laughs> <laughs> and he no longer has an argument, it. Nice, Because, you know. If you've ever played with or against Mono Black Devotion, you know that they're just Pack Rat games. Yep.
3: I actually so. speculated on Pack Rat based on my testing for it in Cube. I'm like, this card's insane. And then, like, okay. I bought on I bought them and they were like a buck at pre uh-huh. and then they went down because nobody played it. And I was like, man, right. I, I was so tempted to just bulk them out. And I was like, eh, I'm just too lazy to. And you know, then people started realizing how good it was, and then I was like, ah, yep. And I, I you know, I pre-ordered foil pack rat as well nice. so you know i have i got a foil on the relatively cheap
2: so i also quote unquote speculated on pack rat
3: yeah didn't you are you to like picking them up on trades like super easy
2: right? yeah so so what i did was you know i traded i traded for a foil one for the cube when it was pretty cheap and then i'm like well you know what i'm going to do instead of using tokens i'm just going to get non-foil pack rats to use as tokens sure. since you know that the foil one's in there and I wound up trading for about twenty of them or so, and just had them sitting in a box, you know, as I'm gathering tokens. And then it's like, oh hey, by the way, Rats a five dollar card now. It's like, woohoo! Nice. Stuck them all in my trade nice. binder.
0: We'll
2: just use tokens and we'll get them yeah. later when a card's not relevant anymore. Nice, I like it. So that that's my accidental, uh, the accidental speculator. could Be a movie about like uh like the accidental. What kind of happened with me with that kind of
3: happened with with uh with O.G. Elspeth. Like, I Mm -hmm. traded for that, like, I traded for it pretty aggressively at first, and I'm like, I need one for my cube, but then, like, Mm -hmm. I forgot
1: that I traded for it,
3: (laughs) and then I ended up getting three just on trade, I was like, this card's gonna be really good, I I really need one, and then forgot, and then somehow got three, and then was like, oh, I guess I have three now, sweet. Oh,
2: and they're worth a ton, awesome. (laughs) That is hysterical. (laughs) Uh, Next card... Pretty cheap for a long time until people we were like, "Oh, right, planeswalkers are cheap." Yeah. We forgot.
3: And now people are just gung. They just jump at any planeswalker, like,
2: "Oh!" Th- th- thanks to Jason Mind Sculptor, all any and all uh, any and all planeswalker cards will be two to three times their settled in value once the once they see construct once it uh, the construction season plays itself mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Have we had one that's maintained value since then? Uh,
3: Liliana, kind of.
2: Oh, yeah, Liliana, for sure. Yeah. That's that's it.
3: Yeah, I think. think the others have just been kind of, like, eh. Because like,
2: the lowest Liliana ever was was 25 to 30. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yep, you there one. you go. Next card, Vindicate. Lots of sweet two, a few, few
3: really sweet two-color cards in this yeah. deck. Uh, next card... Kind of the opposite. Green Sun Zenith. And the last card, Rift Wing Cloudscape. All right.
2: There they are. Now, so my initial thoughts of looking at this pack are wow, I really like both of those multicolor cards, but there's not a chance I'm picking either of them at this juncture. Yeah. And then my second is, huh. There's a sword in this pack. But then I look, and I remember that Nether Void's in the pack, which is possibly one of the most inherently unfair cards in black aggro decks, where you're just like, drop, drop, counter everything you do for the close to the, the near future. Mm-hmm. I'm picking Nether Void. Yeah. And I don't think it's particularly close. I, feel like they- I mean, I like sword, but... I don't get a chance to play with Nether Void very often, so um, I'm playing with it so I can reaffirm why I don't include it. I think
3: I'm going to take Sword, although I definitely think it's, like, the weakest sword for sure. I, I think my opinion is definitely cemented that I think it's the weakest sword in cube.
2: Yes, I I, I completely agree with you. I think it is the uh, easily the weakest sword in the cube. Um, I remember,
3: like, uh, I was playing Moto Cube, and somebody got, like, a Bloodgast out against me, and then, like, the, the Sword of Light and Shadow... And I was like, uh oh, this ki- this ain't good. And he was just like clocking me upside the head for five, but it was or for four, but it wasn't really doing anything, and the trigger wasn't really doing anything either. Like it was just like game three. I'm like, I'm not the aggressor. I don't care. And it's like game right. three, get back nothing. I'm like, I don't really care. And then eventually, I just went over the top and killed him. It took a while, a little while longer. I mean, granted, I still think it's a very good artifact, but. Yeah, if it was sure. any other sword, I would be just dead. Like, Sword of War and Peace would have just li- would have made my life miserable.
2: Right, or, or I mean, Sword of Body of Mine probably also would have just obliterated. Yeah, I think any like if you got hit multiple times. Yeah, Peace with
3: it, and Famine would have been bad. Fire and Ice would have been pretty bad. Like any of those other four swords would have been like bad news for me. Light and Shadow I was like,
2: eh, eh. Yeah, I was I was watching someone stream Holiday Cube and I ranted about it on on Facebook. I think it was. And they uh, are a white deck, like a white deck. I think it looks like a white blue tempo deck or maybe a bant ish deck. Oh, didn't they? Kind of that, that sort of deck. And uh, they opened pack three and uh, shipped uh, the Armageddon for sort of like Jack. Yeah, I
3: remember when you said
2: that. I was like,
1: what? I was like, yeah. what? No.
2: I mean, to be fair, they just got rewarded five picks later with, like, a six-pick Stoneforge Mystic, but whatever. Jeez. And they already had a sword in their deck, too. They already have Fire Ice, I think, in their deck. Yeah,
3: that just seems a little excessive, I mean. So, I, I don't I
2: still, know. But, yeah, for me, I, I'm picking Nethervoid. But I do want to ask you, how have you liked Chain to the Rocks?
3: I thought yeah. it was very good. Like, I remember on the first episode, like episode when we did the Theros review, and I think Justin was on, I think he was saying it was, like, one of those kinds of cards that's kind of like, a 720 card cube, and I don't know if I said it, and it got kind of lost in the mix, or if I didn't say it because I didn't feel like kanye but I was like, this right. card's definitely a lot better than some 720 kind of outlier. I think this is very good. It's a, one-man, it oh. a one-mana removal spell, and its drawback is almost irrelevant. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's definitely its definitely pretty swinging. Like, even if it just gets something out of the way, and if it somehow dies, it's like, well, you just gain a ton of tempo, and it's like, especially if people are trying to just cheat dumb things in a player, trying to be like, oh, I guess I'll cast this Titan. It's like, okay,
1: <laughs>
3: I guess I'll change to some rocks right, or something.
2: Right. But I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I, I certainly like the concept of the Oh, the
3: concept's insane. Yeah, and I think I was like, I think, Anthony, uh, we were talking about this before the episode, but I, I got a bunch of foils um, when Starseed was doing their sale, and this was one of the uh, ones I got um, on that sale. It was like, I forget how much, with the, with the uh, store because they had, like, the 10% discount on everything. But I was like, yeah, pick one up, because it's going to be good. I don't know if it's going to last. It's definitely my weakest Boros card, so I don't know if it's going to last if there's, like, enemy gods or whatever, like there are for the allied gods. Did you ever hear about, you know, about that? Yeah, I don't know. If, if there's any enemy gods, depending on how good it is, like, I don't know if it's going to last, but, you know, it's it's a solid card.
2: Sure, I mean the 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 concept seems very uh, relevant to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sorry, I have to type something here real quick. I just remembered, but uh, <clears throat> my my concern is just playing it in the fact that I mean it's it's definitely a white red yeah. card. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. Um, and that's where I have it. So well, and, and a five color card, you know, and just with the Boros Guild itself, I just I'm trying to I'm trying to think of what I would replace for it. That's that's the the thing that gets me, you yeah. know. Um, granted, I, I organize my cube like, slightly differently, but, um, you know, most people don't do it the, the way that I do it. So what, you know, r- white-red card don't you run? And I'm sure there's an easy, a lot of people would say for me, would be like, oh, you should just cut Gazella. Yeah. But, man, is that card been awesome. So.
3: I thought you were, I thought you put those kinds, I thought you had, like, Curt Ape in, in red.
2: Oh, no, it's it, it's red. Curt Ape's in my red section. Okay. Cost red, cost red mana to play. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, lingering souls is in the white section because it costs white mana to play. Yeah, um, Lone lion is is in the white section, but I don't try to balance the sections exactly. Yeah, um, I've gotten away from making sure that they all have the same number of cards. They all have roughly the same number of cards, but it's you know it's something I'm working on to make sure that the cube stays balanced play wise. If not specifically balanced number wise, yeah. I think it's more important that it plays well. Yeah. So.
3: Yeah, True that, True debt
2: So. So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the way I look at it. Anyway, so cool. Uh, another word for me, sword for you. Hard to argue with each one. I yeah, think. Yeah, I could go either way. Yes. And I mean, and I, I could feel like there are certainly days where I might you know cuz er as a, as being a casual format there're certainly days where you feel a little more fun policey or days where you feel a little more you know i want to build a crazy ramp deck or i want to do you know you want to play a certain style of
1: deck mm-hmm.
2: and so i could see myself taking uh on on a, on one of those kind of days you know i really want to play a tempo deck but i might take a geister to saint tract mm-hmm. But you know, even then, like sort of light and shadow is probably better than the guys. Yeah. So, you know, or uh, if I wanted to play a ramp deck, you know, if I feel rampy and I want to just jam the ramp deck, maybe I take wall roots mm. or like a green but, sun or something. Right, right. But for me, that's what I'm. Worried. That's not what I do. All right, All right that right, works. Cool. Why don't we? Uh, we've we've gotten a couple of spoilers so far for Born of the Gods. Um personally haven't been too impressed with them but let's, uh, they're, they're, let's go over them here they're all way. mostly terrible so there's the the new spell and I, I i don't remember what exactly it's called you probably know better than i do but it's a one red 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 deal five damage to target creature or target planeswalker yeah and it- if you cast it on your turn it's an instant if you cast it on your turn, scribe.
3: Yeah, and I think it's roughly translated as, like, dire flames or something like that. I don't know.
2: Yeah, someone – I'm trying to uh, think. Someone in one of the groups that I'm in uh, said – translated that nefarious burn. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: I've heard that one. Or nef- nefarious flame or nefarious but, – but burn seems to be the what they said. But, yeah, I just – Like – so here, you know, here's the thing about that card. You have to compete with all the other white cards in cube that have ever been printed. So or red cards. If it, if it, to me, right. I mean, it's just if it, if if it's not, you know, if it doesn't go to the face, like no, you know, if, you know, and I'm going to say this in my uh, write up. So you better not steal it. But for uh, for me, basically for burn spells or red damage spells, uh, if there's if there's no face, there's no space for it. No face, no space.
1: Yeah, I think I can...
2: I mean, I am not at all interested. There's that other X spell that deals damage to all the creatures and Planeswalkers. Oh. I'm not interested in that card. Comet Storm, yeah, that card. No yeah. no good. Was it Comet Storm? No. That was, uh, isn't there another one? Oh, Magma
3: something? Magma?
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, pff, oh, man. I don't know. I know it's not Magma Burst, because that was a card from... Uh, in...
2: No, that's the one where you get to sack a land X. and kill two creatures. That was absurd. And yeah, that card seems insane. <laughs> There was the there was the black there was the red one where you got to kill two creatures by sacking a the land. and Then there was the blue one where you got to bounce two things by sacking a land. Oh, both of those cards were absolutely absurd at common. And, and yeah, I don't redraft.
3: know how that card was a common. Rushing river.
2: Yeah, rushing river was insane. I think it's
3: magma quake. Yeah, I think it's magma, quake. magma quake.
2: Yeah. That's it. God,
3: that card is so bad. Like.
2: Right, but you know, I just feel like no, no face to no face. I don't, I don't think I have any red. Br- I mean, maybe maybe I'm a liar. Maybe I do have, like, one spell that doesn't do damage to the face. I'm looking
3: through my cube to see if there's any kind of direct damage, like, kind of red spells. Like, do you have Wildfire? Because, I mean, that was modern.
2: I do, but that's a that's an LD spell more than it is a... That's an LD spell on a sweeper. True. I don't really consider that a burn spell. Yeah, Like, that card's not good enough if it doesn't blow up four lands. Yeah,
3: for sure. Yeah, uh... Like I'm going through my cues.
2: <laughs> oh okay, okay, there is one. I apologize. I do have one. well Physio mortars. ah, yeah, yeah, right on. yeah, mortars is pretty good. but mortars is a lot of damage for not that much mana with an absolute backbreaking larger mode. yeah, like yeah. I, I don't see that as this one. This is just a Red's bad version of heroes. yeah,
3: not that's right. what I, I remember when I first uh, found out about it, it was posted on Reddit and it was posted mm-hmm. just like, Deal four or deal five, scry two. I'm like, eh, maybe, maybe.
2: Oh, yeah. If that card was four sure. mana, five somewhere, scry two, I would.
3: Yeah. Have... And then it was like, if only on your turn. I was like, what? I was like, what is this? Like, I don't know. I was like, I was like petting the cat or something. I was like, hanging out with the cat or something <laughs> when I was going on. Is that a euphemism? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was like, "What's This card I was like, scry two only if done on your turn. And I was like, what? Seriously? No. I was like, this deal just keeps getting worse.
1: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> right, keeps getting worse and worse. Next thing you know, the full three is going to become a four one. Yeah.
3: And the color, the, the intensity on that cost, like, Hero's Downfall isn't, like, the difference between two colored mana and three mana is...
2: R- and three. Right, two out of three... Is a far cry from three out of four. Yeah.
3: Would you say uh, Hell's Thunder is a better Planeswalker killer than that card?
2: I mean, I think Hell's Thunder is just a better card.
3: Yeah, but I mean, just at that at that specific role, would you say it's better?
2: I mean, I guess the problem is, is I mean, you still have. I mean, probably not. Not as a straight up Planeswalker killer, I don't think it is, because the fact is, is that. A lot of the other colors can deal with the, can protect their planeswalker from a Hellstone. Yeah. Where really only blue can protect it from a hero's downfall, or from the nefarious burn, or whatever this thing is mm-hmm. called. Um, that's the way I, th- I, I think. And it does, you know, it does more. Yeah, it's a slightly, it's one additional mana. Um, but, no, I, I mean, it is definitely a better planeswalker killer, yeah. I think. Um for a variety of reasons. It doesn't make it better. Good enough. Yeah.
3: Yeah, just four and and, and yeah, four mana at red. Just like is that what I want to do with four mana?
2: No, oh, no, because Red's four drops are all ridiculous. Like I wanna be playing Flame Tunkavu and, and Hellrider and Hero and, you know, stuff like that. I don't want to be you know, although to be fair, as it might be one of the few cards that lets you finish off a Gideon Jura. Yeah. Without having to expose your sweet four drop to, you know, a blocker. But even then, like, you know, Hero of Oxy Ridge does a in Hell Rider, do a pretty good imitation of Gideon Jura killers too. Mm-hmm. You just get a bunch of free extra damage, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. The other cards are
3: kind of the uh do you want to talk about the pre release cards? Yeah, sure. Okay. We can mention them briefly. Uh, does my internet still work? Well, of course it does. I'm talking to you. <laughs> okay, so the there's a... Oh, wow, this is awful. Seven mana for a 4-6 flyer. <laughs> Whenever it attacks... Silent Sentinel, I guess, is the... So five, double white for a 4-6 flyer. Whenever it attacks, you may return target enchantment card from your graveyard to the battlefield. No.
2: Yeah... No. Yeah. In 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 the words of a character on Family Guy.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> thing is expensive, man.
3: Yeah, that's just ugh. Seven mana. Like, no.
2: I mean the card card seems like a sweet EDH card, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll bring back my uh Pernicious Deed, and blow up all sixes or less. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I'll bring back my uh, face fetters, or, well, you know, there, there's a bunch of sweet stuff you can do, but, bleh. Mm-hmm. so thanks. Yeah,
3: Mediator of the
2: Ideal, four mana,
3: or uh, four and two blue for a four-six flyer, with four a four-six flyer, or four-five, four-five flyer flying. Inspiration, whenever that becomes untapped, reveal the top card of your library. If it's an instant creature or land card, you may put it onto the battlefield with a Manifestation counter onto, on it. It's an enchantment in addition to other types. No. No.
2: Right, so, so Manifestation makes basically turns it into an enchantment in addition to everything else? Yeah. Or that's... Okay. Yeah? No. 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 Um, like,
3: are you are you playing uh, Sphinx of Isle still in your cube?
2: Um, I
3: am. Okay. Like I've, I would much rather have something like Sphinx of Isle than like this thing, or just even a, there's so many better finishers in blue. Come on. Yes. Come on, give me yep. give me more Etherling or whatever. Devourer of Hope. Huh, I'm I'm not hopeful for this card for cube. Ba-doom-tsh. Five double black for a six four flying demon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is a demon, but this card deserves no death metal growl because this card sucks. <laughs> One black, sacrifice another creature, regenerate this thing. Two and a black, sacrifice two other creatures, destroy target creature. Insane and regular limited, just trash and cube. Come on.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> This mean, card's
2: just trash. Yeah, I... Uh, so expensive. Yeah. All oh, these cards. <laughs> I mean, so much.
3: What's the red one?
2: Play.
3: Oh, it's six mana. Wow. So it's the red one's four and double red for a 5-4 flyer. It's a dragon. One and a red. Deals one damage to target creature. That creature can't block this combat. Activate this ability only if Fire Stoker Dragon, that's his name, is attacking.
2: Yeah, Fire Stir, Fire Stoke, yeah. Fire whatever dragon. Yeah, a
3: piece of, piece of junk.
2: Bulk, bulk Rare Dragon. <laughs> just gonna, Damn, bulk Rare Dragon. Just gonna bulk Rare Dragon. That's all it is. And the last... Co- co- common Boxer Dragon. Yeah.
3: <laughs> type 4 Dragon. Right. Oh, I just think, yeah, this seems like it'd be insane in Type 4. Yeah, you're like, Woo-hoo. Yeah, you guys can't block ever. We, I get 5-4. Right. Oh, so bad. And then, the, the card, I think, has the best hope. But um, four double green for a six-six hydra with tribute six. As this creature enters the battlefield, an opponent of your choice may put six plus one plus one counter. I guess they didn't say counters on it. When Wild Nessian Devastator, I really hope that's not the name because that name's terrible.
2: No, it's a a, probably just a bad translation of uh, of the uh, Spanish. Whenever. When Wild Nessian Devastator
3: enters the battlefield, if its tribute wasn't paid, you may have it fight another target creature. Like, I think it has the best hope, but I'm still not super huge on it. Like, it seems...
2: The artwork is sweet. Bro. Oh, yeah, the art is beautiful. Like, you definitely... Well, they're all Kev Walker arts, right? All these
3: cards? Uh, I know the white one is, and I don't know if I liked the white one. It's just like the colors were just kind of like, here's a white, here's sky blue.
2: Oh, this one I like the perspective on this card. Yeah, the red,
3: the red one's by Lucas Graciano.
2: Oh, uh, okay. But that one okay. looks
3: good too. The black,
2: but this 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 green one looks sweet.
3: Yeah, like the scope on that is just—it looks like, yeah, it looks like there's this like ginormous hydra against this like unsuspecting dude.
2: Right, dude's like I'm wandering the forest. Oh, crap! Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead. Like it feels like it really wants trample. Is the guy kneeling? It'd be sweet if he was paying tribute, so that's why it's not fighting him. Oh, whoa. That would be. Ah, yeah, heavy stuff, right? Heady. Was that a pun? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Wow.
2: <laughs> that was nice. <nuts>. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: dear, wow.
2: Oh, is it warm in
3: here? <laughs> I oh. <like> it.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, the listeners are like, oh my god, shut yes, <laughs> <like> I... up. <laughs>
3: And I was like, maybe I should cut some of the laughter out and post. I'm like, no.
1: Hello. Okay.
3: I guess that was Skype's way of saying like.
1: <laughs> right. That was his way of
3: saying, hey, move on. It's like the cane, like on those like comedy, and like they have somebody on stage, and like they have the cane, like take somebody off.
2: Like, Big hook. Yeah. Down and and there. Or like the, uh, the the inception, the inception horn. Right. Oh yeah. So thinking, like the seven horn. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I I just,
3: this feels like it it could be the best out of them, like, but. Yes.
2: Also, the big giant creature doesn't have trample.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's like, what? What? Why no trample? That seems weird. Mechanic-wise, it just seems weird. To be like, this giant hydra, it's like, oh, hey, um, I'm the soldier, and I'm I'm not going to let you hit Elspeth, so hi, don't. Right. Don't uh, don't attack her, and the Hydra's okay. like, okay, I'll kill you.
2: Don't come past me. Yeah. Because I'm a one one. Yeah. <laughs> and
3: then El, and then the Hydra's like, man, that was really tough. All right. I'm so it's
2: at- like it's like a cru- cruising a uh, uh, cloud scraper. Yeah, the 13, like 13, 13, 13 or something. Yeah. It's like, roar! I'm gonna get L's. El- this dude, and like, ow, did I just step on something? A one-one. Yeah. Ow, that really hurt. All right, let me go get Ow, I stepped on another one. Ow. Or, yeah, just like. Uh... All right, All right. Well, why don't we move on and talk about uh, Kiora.
3: Right, yeah, Kiora, uh, whatever it's called. The Crashing Wave.
2: The Crashing Wave.
3: The Oh, I look up Kiora on Google, and it automatically says, Kiora the Crashing Wave.
2: Well, it is a uh, – much like we mentioned in our – that we both mentioned in our Wishes for 2013 at the end of our last episode about how I said I would like, uh, you know, a blue-green card. Yeah, that was – And you said, well, there's this Planeswalker coming out, and that might be blue-green.
3: Yeah, and I was like, it's probably going to come out in this set because it didn't – it probably wasn't – it didn't come out in gate crash because they didn't feel like it – and then – and then it happened. I was like, <laughs> I was like, "Wow, called it." Yeah, that was pretty insane. So,
2: Kiora the crashing wave, two green, blue, uh, starting loyalty of only two, uh, plus one until your next turn. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to and dealt by target permanent and opponent controls. Uh, minus one, draw a card, and you may play an additional land this turn. Uh, so, uh, explore and minus five, you get an emblem with, at the beginning of your end step, put a 9-9 nine, nine blue cracker, I mean cracking <laughs> creature. Sorry, I got carried away with the white powder. Yeah. <laughs> um, creature token onto the battlefield. So the first time I read this, I didn't realize it was an emblem. I just thought it was put a 9-9. Nine, nine. I'm like, that's not very good. Yeah. And then the second time I read it, I went, Oh oh, it's like (laughs) get one every turn. Oh okay, it's like well, you do get a nine nine. You just you just keep getting them. You just keep getting nine nines. Yeah. So okay, so this card seems pretty sweet against non-red decks. Yeah. Um, the fact that you it's in in cube. It's going to be real hard to protect against, you know, any red deck. There are so few red uh, spells that deal less than three.
3: Yeah. Um, and a lot of them deal two that don't. So you're like, are you just like play it, plus one it?
1: Right.
2: I mean, you absolutely have to, you know, plus one it. But even then, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, still, it's going to have, they, there's no chance to respond until they get... Until it gets to three, yeah. But, but you know, the the amount of cards that don't have the capability of doing three are, or, or you know, at, at an early point in game, basically, are uh, burst lightning, which can if you kick it. Mm-hmm. So I guess depending on when you play it, it can certainly deal with it. Um, burst lightning arc, uh, or uh, firebolt. Yeah, firebolt um, and uh, arc trail. Arc trail, yeah. Everything else, just straight up kills this girl.
1: Yeah.
2: So against the red decks, eh, not so great. Although you know, being able to prevent damage from a permanent is still fine. Yeah. They still, you know, you're still nerfing a card. It's still a kind of a, a time buying thing. And regardless, you know, maybe against the red decks, you just explore right away. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm thinking. Probably just, Re- just... replace it. Right, replace itself. Get yourself ahead of the land, drop game or whatever, and, and take and take it for what it is.
3: Oh, magma strong. jet too.
2: Oh yeah, Magma Jet. Yep, absolutely. But I and I actually thought of Magma Jet when I first started saying that, and then just forget forgot to mention it. Oh, so,
3: did I Kanye here?
2: No, no, no. I just forgot to mention it. You just remembered. I did not. Big. So no, you 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 picked up the pieces for me. Sweet. I left them behind. <laughs> Dennis Rodman in North Korea picking up that rebound. <laughs> so, so yeah. So against those decks, you probably have to just like you know do your explore and hope they have to waste a card on it or half a card on it. Yeah. You know what I mean. Uh, but otherwise, I think this card's a neat card, mm-hmm. especially in like the you know if you're not against if you're not up against any pressure, this card is going to get out of hand. Yeah, like being able to just like take it up. I mean, the emblem is certainly no joke.
3: Yeah, you better deal with this or you're dead. It's like, oh, I got a nine nine. Right. I'm a little surprised oh, yeah. nine nines don't have trample, but that's you know yeah.
1: If, yeah. if you're
3: throwing out nine nines, you're probably going to be winning. Let's be right, right. Yeah, if you're
2: gonna, have, you know, if you're gonna have a bunch of them. But you know the, uh, but but I think this card's really neat. I think it's really well designed. Yeah. Um, I think I, I would like to see higher starting loyalty, uh, for, sure. but I think this card. I, I feel like this card started out with higher loyalty, and they found out that it was too good. Yeah.
3: They said, uh, "Did you read the?" There was an article in the Mothership about uh, uh, when they developed I, it. I, I did not. I don't I did not read it, sorry. Oh no worries. I can link it in the show notes. But yeah, I think uh I think Stoddard posted it, but it went through a lot of iterations and they were like at three it was way too good. And yeah, it went through and it went through a bunch of different iterations like what they want to do with the abilities and stuff like that, and they were like I forget what derivations it went through, but eventually they came to this one. I don't know, what what do you think of, of uh of uh the the crashing wave? Also uh,
2: I love the art. I I think it's uh, almost a virtual auto-include because, you know, partly in the fact that, you know, yeah, it's Planeswalker. Yeah, it's probably going to be pretty good. But the other thing is is that, you know, the guild, not super terrific. Yeah. Um, And a lot of the cards are either expensive or kind of difficult to cast or have lots of colored meta symbols. I think this is a real nice addition, especially if you're increasing, like, you know, like I have with the, the ramp archetype. I know I keep seeming to bring that up. But the more I work with it, the more I see cards that can help it, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's one of them. And this card could certainly do do uh, a lot for that. So yeah, I agree. So it's
3: uh, and also just like against against decks that only have like singular threats, it is so good. And it's like, okay, you have a you got that worm coil engine, huh? All right, not doing right.
2: anything now. Right, exactly. That so that's that's certainly kind of nice. So.
3: Yeah, and the, and just being able to just you can also kind of like ride the wave, unintentional pun
2: there. Right. Oh. Well, yeah, I I actually thought of that earlier before you lost your contact. Before you lost contact, and I forgot about it. Uh-huh. I was going to say riding the Elspeth Terrell wave.
1: Oh uh, yeah.
3: I, I gonna, usually uh, I remember thinking that with the original Jace, like riding that wave, like plus two and then minus minus plus two minus minus kind of thing.
2: Right. Right. Yep. Yeah, there's a bit of that too. Right. Minus minus up. Party draw.
1: Mm-hmm. Minus
2: minus up. Party draw, yeah, uh, yeah. I've done the party draw, yeah, but I think it's, uh, I think it's super solid and, and super worth it. So, and I think it just, like, uh, uh, so just don't get one until it's uh, settled down because I'm sure it's going to be a billion dollars,
3: probably. Like, and would you say would you splash it in like uh, a blue X deck or a green X deck? I probably would, but what do you
1: think?
2: I feel like you could, yeah. I feel like you could certainly do that. Um, I think the effect is is decent enough. It's a, it's there you know it has good spells to recast basically, mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that it prevents damage from permanence I think is also interesting.
3: Yeah, like nice curse scroll.
2: Right, like. Uh oh. No no no. I'm oh no! Kidding, I, right. thought, like, I thought I, it
3: disconnected. And I was like, oh no, not again.
2: <laughs> no no no! I was I sorry I was I paused in the middle of my sentence because I wanted to, uh, to look it up. Um...
3: Although, like, they can respond to it. Like, you can't permanently shut it down, but it does, like... Like, they can do it in response. So I guess it isn't, like, the worst, the best thing against that, but, like...
2: But, however... But, like, for example, you could be, like, you're a Johnny Vengeant. Yeah. And since they can only, you know, that's a corner case, they can only use it on their turn, it's not dealing damage. Yeah, or, like, they're... uh, a sword Markov, or you know, people are still running it or or they're shiny, right? Any, any Chandra or whatever, like it's not going to be able to deal, do the damage, you know, mode of it. So I think there's, there's a few, uh, interactions there that might be interesting. Yeah. So, uh, I think, I, you know, I think that's a, a kind of a neat thing as well. So, Hey, you want to talk about white cards?
1: Let's uh, let's talk about white cards. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
2: So white, of course, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I cut you off.
3: What did you say? Oh, I probably was going to say something similar to what you were, but yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, I was going to say, okay, well, we can, you know, as far as white goes, um, we can, you know, as we do these color reviews, uh, of course, if there's, you know, a a topic you guys want to hear about specifically that we address for each color, um, I think, you know, we can discuss its kind of its general roles, like what uh, what it does as a color, right? Like what it's good at doing, uh, what kind of uh, – what does it do primarily? What does it do as a support role? Um, what are some atypical things you can do with it? Um, and, uh, you know, strengths – we can do strengths and weaknesses. And I figured since uh, I really enjoyed doing the uh, top five with you last time – um, for top five favorite cards of the year that we can do for each one of these, we can do each do our own top five list for our favorite cards of that color.
3: Yeah, I like that. That was definitely fun when we did that on the on yeah, episode yeah, number forty two. Did we say this is episode forty three, by the way?
2: Yeah, I believe at the top of the one I did. Okay, top of the episode, I, I gave it a forty three. But yeah, that, so we uh, so Usman and I each uh, made our little uh, five card list here of uh, our favorite white cards, and we'll uh, we'll get to that at the end. So. Uh, first of all, let's talk overall, general roles, kind of historical context of white. Mm-hmm. Now, from you know, I, I've been playing a very long time, and, and so have you. Um, in, in the not so distant past, white was considered the worst color in Magic.
3: Yeah, for a while it was awful; Like, it was so bad. And I remember when Path to Exile got printed. It was like, for me at least, it seemed like such a a huge sea change. Because, like, in Lorwyn there was good cards, but that just seemed like a really big sea change. But for a while, there was just... It had it it had a few good cards, but for the most part, it wasn't very good.
2: Well, right, and, you know, I think the last time I... And I'm sure someone will be out there to correct us, but, you know, one of the last times uh, before we saw the printing of Path to Exile and stuff like that, the last time the white decks felt really powerful was, like, Rebels.
3: And it felt like it was a lot of, like, damage control. Like, it felt like white was kind of... Like powered down because rebels was so was so like overpoweredly good, or at least that's what my impression was. I don't know if that actually happened.
2: Yeah, but it certainly suffered quite a bit. Now you did get you know in in Lorwyn you did get uh, you know uh, the Kithkin tribe or whatever, which kind of based itself off of a very classic white theme, which is white weenie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know back in back in the day they. The white weenie decks were often characterized by army of Allah.
3: Yeah, crusade, kind of, and that was crusade, like right? That was probably like when I was a kid. That was probably my favorite deck was white weenie. Like that was that was my jam.
2: Right. So, and you know, army of Allahs were. I remember them being very expensive cards because of how great that card was. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and so you know, and, and when I think of white, I think of army. You know, I think of the early days of white weenie army of Allah. You know stuff like that, uh, and then and then you know past that it was still like white weenie was still kind of a for the most part a a popular theme right. We've always had uh, we have a, a long and storied history of two two first strikers for white white.
3: Yeah, and for a while those are pretty pretty safe pretty much staples in a lot of cubes because that's well, what right.
2: that's what white did right. Mm-hmm. So I mean if from the original white knight. Through Silver Knight, through Longbow Archers, mm-hmm. uh, through Knight of Meadow Grain, Precinct Captain. I mean there's a there's a whole line of, you know, these these uh, white white tutu first strike creatures are just, you know, white white tutus. Uh, you know, we saw those in in Lorwyn as as well, you know, we as uh, uh, but they got their champion or you know, white white was a popular cost, right? Crusade. How much does that cost? White white, mm-hmm. you know. It was just a very popular uh talk throughout. Uh, then the the next thing I remember about white oof, sorry, I just dropped my uh dropped my talking apparatus here oh no um but we're live we're good uh the next thing I remember are the uh uh Sheldorin outpost acts
3: yeah do ranch
2: Right, right, yeah. Dude, rancher is sweet. It's just these like draw go counter everything you do. Hey, when I you know thawing glaciers, and hey, when I have uh, some some time, I'm just gonna make a bunch of one ones and eventually just kill you with them.
1: Yeah. Or like,
2: yeah,
3: EOT thaw, EOT make a dude.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah, Maybe this, <laughs> this. just a slow grind. Oh, do that. Yeah, counter that. This. Oh, yeah, counter. You know, forbid buyback. You mm-hmm. know, or you know, counter that. Nope, counter that. Yeah. Oh, you do something? Yeah, that's cool. Wrath of God. Yeah. You know. Yeah, kind of that. So you know that that's kind of another one of White's roles, and and then it you know then we we got into the Rebel era, which to me seems like the modern era, but I, I am sure quite a few people <laughs> who are listening have have never gotten to play Rebels in standard.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think that was uh, during the time when I quit Magic, but I definitely knew you know about how bad it like especially with the old Legend rule, and like mm-hmm. I get my Linstivy out first. Oh, yeah. Looks the
2: like you You lose. Ah, lol. And I, and I kind of remember there's part of me, and this is kind of when I had quit for a while. Um, I think Onslaught Block had a big, had a white deck, right? Yeah, didn't it have like... Don Elemental, yeah. very good. I don't know if Don Elemental is good, but I remember there was like the red-white slide decks. Oh, yeah, the slide decks for sure, because, like, I mean, you, the actual card, Astral Slide, is uh is white. Yeah. like and That was certainly a white-red deck. Board control deck. Yeah, it seemed like more of a
3: like, big mana board control deck with like decree. Did I play a chroma?
2: I played chroma's vengeance. I know that.
3: Oh wow, cycling. Yep. I feel like it played like a singleton a chroma, probably like eternal dragon or something.
2: Well, you played you played eternal dragon for sure because it has cycling. Yeah. Um, you played astral slide. You played uh, gilded light. Oh wow. Um. You played uh, there. You played Gilded Light. You played the one that you gain life as well. Oh, Renewed Faith. Renewed Faith. Renewed Faith was a huge part of that deck. Oh wow. Um, and so yeah, I guess uh, there's also I guess the white control decks also went through. I remember Gerard's Wisdom being a huge card. Yeah. Like it was such a backbreaking card. And then I guess we've had in in recent months, or um, well, in recent not months I should say years. Uh, after, you know, we went then up through Kithkin, right? So Kithkin was a a real deck for quite a while.
3: Black, white tokens.
2: Uh, Right. Black, white tokens and Kithkin. Uh, and then we kind of worked ourselves into, uh, shoot, I just totally lost my train of thought. Blue, white control? By, by you saying black, white tokens, my thought went completely out of my head. Uh oh! I was just like,
3: oh yeah. Did I tie the holo scholar out or something? <laughs>
2: what was the well? There, there were there were other boat mon- brew. white, but there was another mono white deck that came after it at that time. I'm completely drawing a blank. Soul sisters? Oh, no. Um. Well, I can think of the, the the most current iteration. You know, in Legacy, we're talking about uh death and taxes. Yeah. yeah. But before then, in Standard, uh, Standard or what am I thinking of? Oh, uh uh reveal your hand and game Oh, martyr. It's martyr. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Okay. So,
2: yeah. So, and you know, and that's that's kind of where, you know, the white, you know, was has been proactive in in those kind of ways. So I guess yeah, soul sisters became was a precursor, I guess, of the martyr deck and but martyr was also a good card for a while, but you know, it's those cards kind of all like hover around the identity, but white's always kind of been good at making tokens. Yeah. You know that's the that's one one theme we see we, we see coming back you know between dude ranch and sacred mesa and you know uh,
3: even like boat brew and it had like played things like cloud goat and well, sure like right
2: exactly although it is not white so and so now we're at a point you know in cube or whatever so we see we've gotten. You know, we have a lot of like aggressive type strategies, you know, where that typical white weenie uh or token strategies like overwhelm. And then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum we have a lot of control cards too. Because you know, we have this we have a you know, a, for a while there every block had its own wrath variant.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Whether that was Kurtar's Wrath or um what was the one? Retribution of the Meek. Was
3: well, that the one where it's, was like stop hitting yourself?
2: No, that was the one from Mass Block. That yeah. was uh wave, uh something wave. Um
3: Retribution Wave or something? Uh,
2: it's, uh, uh, let me think. Where each creature did damage to itself equal to its power? Yeah. Yeah, that was Wave of rec- wave of Reckoning? Reck- wave of Reckoning, that's it. Wave huh. Reckoning. Alright. Yeah, that card was sweet.
1: <laughs> Stop, hitting Stop it. Stop hitting yourself. Stop <laughs> hitting yourself. <laughs>
2: Well, we've always kind of had a white wrath variant, you know. Pl- even now, you know, planar cleansing, right? Yeah. We, uh, we, you know, there's always those versions of the white wrath. Just like how we always had like birds of paradise, you know, I, we always had a birds of paradise or an elf variant in like every block,
1: mm-hmm.
2: <gasps> I'm shadowing a future episode. Oh. Um, <laughs> but you know, we've always kind of had that wrath. So I think you, you know, uh, for the most part. We, we get a lot of cards on one end of the spectrum in the, in the fast tempo. We get a lot of cards at the slower end of the tempo. And naturally, I think uh, it, it fills. you know, we, we'll find cards that, that go in between pretty well as well.
3: And it's kind of like white is like the uh, the glue almost. It's like the card that plays well with most things in general. Like it's a historical strength of the color.
2: Right. Yeah, as where, say, for example, a, a color like red you know, a lot of times, you know, the the first deck that what's the first deck that gets made in every single format?
3: Yeah, exactly. Mono or
2: yeah. Right? Like screw those other colors, I don't need their help. Yeah. You know, am <laughs> red cards. I, I mean, for now, the first time in how many years? There's a great Inkwell Looter cartoon. I think it was Inkwell Looter, or uh, no, it wasn't Inkwell Looter. It was unless he draws it. There's one. There's like a uh, a web comic, an MTG web comic. Is it like Cardboard Crack? Yeah. Okay. And it's uh, and it's like an award. So, you know, like in sports arenas, they hang banners,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: it's like the mono black banner, <laughs> and it's hot, and it's got like and they're raising a banner, and like you know, it's like 1990, what are you know, 1990 like Necropotence or 1994 uh, or like 95 Necropotence,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: then like it's like. And then there is, you know, mono black control, you know, during you know, 19- Odyssey or something. Right, right. And then it's like them raising another banner for <laughs> mono black devotion. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, no, I uh, I'll see if I can uh, I'll see if I can find it uh, as we're talking. But so you know but you know, a lot of times the mono white not the uh, not the first thing. Everyone's uh chomping at the bit to make. You it know? seemed
3: like that was the way it used to be. Like, I think during Time Spiral it seemed like a bunch of people were trying to make, like, a mono-white deck. Mm-hmm. I think. When Time Spiral came out with Time Spiral and Lorwyn, they were like, ah, yeah, let's make mono-white. I don't know what it gained in Time Spiral, though, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I don't maybe know.
2: Griffin Guide, actually? Maybe Griffin True. Guide?
3: Yeah, I guess that, maybe. I don't
2: know. You had uh, the split-second Crusade Guide. Oh and yeah,
3: I, Celestial yeah. Crusader. Yeah, yeah. That guy was uh, that guy was a card. So,
2: no. Yeah. I cannot. I am gonna have to. I'm gonna have to I don't think it's cardboard crack. I think it's a different. Because cardboard crack, I think, is just a black and white.
3: Yeah, it's a black and white one.
2: Right now, this is actually color. It's like blue based.
3: Uh, was it like Polish tamales, but he usually he just dro- no no.
2: no it was, was certainly not him. Okay. I want to say it looked like Inkwell's uh, artwork.
3: It might but, be, but these whole disconnect issues—I don't feel like going to any. I'm just very scared to go to any non-like sites. That I don't need to. Like,
1: I, I don't. That's
2: wanna... right. I'll, I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it for sure. I am. I am pretty sure that a friend of mine uh, linked me to it through Facebook. Uh okay. So I can I can look at our chat history, and I should be able to. Uh, that works. I, I'm. I'm going to see if uh, I can put it. Let's see. All right. Well, let's, while I'm looking for this, Uh, so historically that's where you are. I think in Cube, its main two roles are as the aggro color, right? Uh, Often in combination, you know, often in combination with with red or black, um, although you've seen iterations of other ones. Um, And of course, it's combination with as a control color, um, most especially like blue white, for example, Mm -hmm. like blue white is a real classic control combination. Uh, black white is a good like board control combination. You know, the Esper decks have, have come a long way. So, so that's kind of where I think, uh, those two roles are. I think those are two things that it does, uh, that it's roles that it fills pretty well.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. It tends to, do those roles for it. It feels like it's, yeah, that's what I usually tend to think of as white is either the white aggressive deck or the white X either blue, white control or like the board control deck, like the red, white kind of wildfire slash boat brew kind of deck. Mm. I think that's what it generally does. Although like it's generally a very flexible color, which is, which I think, which I hope like black gets more of in the future you know, the ability to try to play all sides of the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it seems like black in theory is that, but it kind of fails at doing that. Mm. I don't know. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I the, the white card's definitely, I feel like white is probably the friendliest color as far as playing with other colors. Yeah. That's true. That's kind of the, and I don't know how, how true or not true that might be, but I feel like, that's kind of where it is. So
1: yeah, I I like it.
2: All right, what else, what other kind of white things have you seen? Uh, as far as when it you know when it's so when it's uh, it's the primary color, uh, it definitely falls on one end of the spectrum or the other. Uh, what kind of things do you think it does like as a support color? The best.
3: I think it can kind of like, kind of can give kind of like really good for lack of a better term, can kind of strengthen the mid-game somewhat because mm-hmm. of the Planeswalkers. Like, its fours are ridiculous. Arguably the best in cube. Maybe blues are better? Maybe? Hmm. I don't know. But either way, its its fours are very, like, iconic. It is just, like, you know, Geddon's, Wrath's, really good Planeswalkers. Right. And, like, other just really good stuff that just ends the game, like Hero of Bladehold or something. But it's very, it can, like, use those elements for other decks. Like, blue can hinge upon that to, like, a blue-white control deck or a blue-white tempo deck can use cards like Elspeth or a Johnny or something like that to get to the later stage of the game or can kind of hinge on that four-mana kind of effect. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good at that kind of thing. Board control, it tends to work pretty well. I'm a big fan of the tokens. Like, if it, like... There's a lot of cards that actually it kind of work pretty... Like, tokens work well with pants, and, you know, you can get pants with Stoneforge Mystic. There's a lot of, like... There's definitely a lot of synergy within the color as well, which is nice.
2: Yes, for sure. Sorry, I think I just found it. Sweet. I think it is from... I'm almost positive. It's from the webcomic Durdling Around. Durdling Around, that's the other one. Okay, yeah. So... I'm I'm kind of going through here and, and I will I will locate it here. Nice. While we're uh while we're while we're yapping.
1: Yapping.
3: I like that term. Yapping? Yeah.
2: Well, um I, I think the other, you know, so and and I think the 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 one nice thing is that um about the white as far as the support that it plays is that you know, it's really become a very heavy removal. Uh color
1: yeah its removal is probably
3: some of the most efficient in the game I, guess. I mean,
2: from a, from a cube standpoint you know if we're talking about uh, um, you know we have our our one aha found it oh sweet uh, so I'm going to link it to you in the show notes so we can all hear you giggle live <laughs> <laughs> nice there we go nice all right actually let me let me actually put it in one of these cells here so it actually will Okay, there we go. Hot link it. There we go. Nice. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that you know it has the, the like the best sweepers. <laughs> yeah, there we go.
3: I like it. I kind of figured there'd be a picture of like Cabal coffers or something for two thousand two.
2: Well, that's uh, what reanimate.
3: Yeah, it's reanimate. But yeah, I kind of figured it'd be like Cabal coffers or like uh, you know, kind of an iconic Odyssey black mm-hmm. card like. Braids or like chainer or something, but you know I can't complain. Like that's still that's still awesome. in pack rat being <laughs> right. the champion,
1: that's, that's awesome.
2: I like it. So uh, so we'll certainly link that in the in the show notes as well. But uh, but the fact that the removal is so efficient. So you know all the rapid god variants are are you know fit in all the board control decks. Like every single one of them would want them because it's just like you know unconditional. Kill all the dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, other colors really don't have, you know, unless they're copying Wrath of God <clears throat> damnation. Yeah. But uh, all the other ones are conditional. Well, White's just like, nope. You know, get effed, basically. <laughs> all your creatures, get them out.
1: Yeah, get out of uh, here.
2: And the other thing it does too is it's kind of a, all this great splashable removal, right? That's super powerful. So you know, the path to exiles, the swords to plowshares, the oblivion rings,
3: mm-hmm. and that's um, kind of like because we we're riffing about this like earlier on the episode, like before recording, like a card like bramble crush is super embarrassing compared to something like face fetters,
2: right? face fetters, you know, which I was very amused at the conversation the other day on uh, on the Facebook cube group when someone mentioned. Uh, uh, Jinx choker, and they're like, "Yeah, it's pretty good, but it's real awkward when someone face fetters it when it's in your possession."
3: Oh, huh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> wow, wow, yeah. That's uh, that's kind of awkward, right? Like,
2: activate it, face fetters. Here you go. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> nice. but yeah, that's definitely um, it. And I think that's another thing that kind of was really good with Lorwyn and, like, that kind of time period with Lorwyn and Ravnica was its ability to deal with lots of things, like, through cards like Faith Setters and O-Ring and things like that. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's one of the only colors, too, that, you know, I always thought it was interesting that white has multiple cards that get around, like, the Eldrazi protection, like the uh, uh, protection from colored spell, you know, protection from spells. Mm-hmm. Like from colored spells or whatever it is, it's like, well, but do you have protection from colored permanence? Mm-hmm. I think so. You know, and you have both that and Journey to Nowhere, which can take care of it, you know?
3: Yeah, or like the... Oh, man, what was I going to say? I don't know, I got enough. <laughs>
1: that's
2: all right. Well, but that's certainly, and you know, kind of well, we can curtail this into, into uh, the strength and weakness argument. I think that's, you know, one of uh, White's big strengths is that Um, it has, if you want them, white is the only color that has direct answers to all permanent types.
3: Mm hmm. Yeah. Unexpectedly Um, absent is uh, like, I'm a, I love that card so much.
2: Yeah. That card is sweet. I mean, sure. You have something, you know, absurd, like chaos warp in red, but like traditionally, like what is red going to do about an, uh, enchantment?
3: Yeah. Like a moat or something. It's like, well,
2: right. Right. Like without having to play something awkward, like anarchy or, you know, something like that. Um, but, you know, what? What's, what's Red going to do about an enchantment typically? What's Black going to do about an artifact?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, or an enchantment, really, for that matter. True. Um, you know, what? what is Blue going to do about permanents already on the table if they need to be dead?
1: Mm-hmm. Not just you know, bounced.
2: Not just, well, I'll pick it up again, or maybe I'll take control of it. Mm-hmm. But there's very few that just like directly deal with, you know, with things. Where white has, you know, a, a very wide range of removal spells that just straight up deal with things, unconditionally. And I mean, sure, red can deal with creatures, but it's always kind of conditional, right? I mean, does does the card deal more damage than the creature has toughness? Mm-hmm. Like Baneslayer is like, uh oh. Yeah. guess what? Card doesn't care about what your power and toughness is. Padded Exile, mm-hmm. Oblivion Ring swords to polish errors like sure yeah gain some life idiot yeah like who cares (laughs) The guy's gone yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know so there there's a few things you know with that and and white can deal with enchantments and white can deal with uh planeswalkers and white can deal with artifacts and you know and white can deal with lands uh so got a lot of range Mm
1: -hmm.
2: so i i certainly think that's one of its good good things and i also think that it uh and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you can – it does, even though we we typically see, you know, at one end of the spectrum or the other as far as the tempos, right, the aggressive deck or the control deck, I think it also has a lot of cards for the mid-range deck too. I think it's it, – it it can kind of play all speeds.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Because you wind up with things, you know, with these nice, you know, uh, three to five drops, you know, uh, like that, that like play very well.
3: Like a Gideon, for example – is a good example, I guess.
2: Right, right. You know, Gideon, Gideon plays, you know, pretty well. Um, Cloudgo Ranger.
3: Yeah, Cloudgo is probably you know, a better example. Yeah.
2: You know, plays very well in <clears throat> in, in both acts. Ax- you know, in both ax- can can stick into a lot of decks. Oh, mm-hmm. swords so, the plowshares. These removal spells we're exactly talking about fit in all the decks, right? So you know you, you can certainly get a lot of mileage out of what you want out of the of the white decks. Yeah. So as far as and, and like I said, and that that goes with along with our what you were saying earlier about uh, it. You know, we were talking about it playing best with all the colors, it being very flexible and you know being good at mostly everything. So.
1: Mhm. Yeah.
3: I think it's probably. I'm wondering if it's aggressive creatures are the best or the second best to red. I'd probably say in terms of pure stats, probably the best. In terms of, like, the early dudes, like the ones through threes.
2: Hmm. I, I think they're the best if you include staying on the table. Hmm. Um, but, like, red ramps up considerably when you start looking at things like, uh, as far as just dealing, uh, as far as just attacking right away. Mm-hmm. I think red does a better job of that, but even maybe not necessarily staying on the table, but, you know, you, you get these openers of turn one, Goblin Guide, turn two, Hellspark Elemental, turn three, Ball Lightning.
1: Yeah, like, that's true, yeah.
2: Like, you you know, there, white doesn't have anything. Yeah, I know it costs triple red or whatever, and a lot of people don't have it in their cube anymore, but, like, there's nothing, or, or you know, Blistering Fire Cat on turn four, or, you know, or all these other hasty four-drops that we have, you know, the there's there's not much that de- doesn't deal damage nearly as quickly as red does, so it's kind of hard to figure out exactly mm, what it is. But I think what white does really well is it has very good low drops with good static abilities on them. Yeah. What do you think of Ball Lightning and Cube, by the way? I don't know. It's hard for me to cut it. It's such an iconic card. Yeah. That was so good for so long. I I, I have a hard time cutting it. I mean... Is it worse than it was? Sure. But I also think that if we had to spell out a grand spectrum of each color and their drops at each mana cost, Mm -hmm. I think red threes are one of the weaker spots. Yeah. Like black threes are up there. Yeah. Some of the the bad ones. Um, But I think red threes are probably – uh there there's a lot of room for discussion on a, on what the best red threes are.
3: Yeah, and I was kinda of thinking about that recently, like uh Countryside Crusher and like Hell's Thunder and Cunning Spark Mage. I'm like which of these do I would I want to run? Like which I know you're a big fan of Countryside Crusher.
2: Yeah, I just like the fact that it just guarantees you guess. Yeah. Um, it's you know the, it's a three three for three so it's an it's an aggressive sized body you can very easily make it you know set yourself up where it's going to be a minimum of four four for three mm-hmm. um, all it takes is you know a single fetch land in your hand
3: yeah or like a waste or something or
2: a wasteland or you know any of that kind of stuff right away or you know the top of your deck might just make it a seven seven on your first attack
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, certainly you can't play it if your deck needs four lands and you don't have the fourth one in hand. Yeah. So there, there is a little bit of that, but I find that that doesn't happen that often.
3: Or it shouldn't in those kinds of decks.
2: Right. Um, like, you know, I just don't run into that thing very often. I'm just perfectly content to just having this giant dude.
3: Yeah, like if you have like okay. infinite five drops and six drops in your red aggro deck, you're doing it wrong.
2: Right, right, exactly. Um, I mean, like I said, I, I happen to like him a lot. Uh, just because it guarantees that that gas afterwards, and literally the only card that makes it super awkward is when they face fetters it.
1: Yeah, I remember
3: doing like a two-headed giant one, and somebody uh, went first turn Lotus Countryside Crusher, and eventually I just like face I um face fetters it, and then it was like, well, I cut off one head now. Right. <laughs> and I was like, this match became really easy, and it was, and then they died.
2: Right. 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 But you know, even the other threes. I mean, I think there's discussions. I think you could have an honest discussion about most of them about whether or not you should include them. I mean, you can, you can. I mean, you can make an argument for not including Hell's Thunder. You can make an argument for not including Squee. You can make an argument for not including Chandra's Phoenix, even though I think that's closer to the top of the list of should probably be in there. Yeah. Um. I cut Fire Imp em- from my cube for a while mm-hmm. for underperforming. Uh. You know. Eventually brought it back, but. Um, of just constantly being like, okay, well, I'm this aggressive deck, and I'm playing against a control deck, and my only three-drop in my hand is Fire Imp. They (laughs) don't have creatures in play, so I'm stuck here doing nothing, which I'm actually fine with having a Flame Tongue dead on turn four way more than I'm okay having a Fire Imp dead in my hand on turn three. Yeah, it's a very awkward feeling. It's like, uh, well, it's so awesome when they play just a single creature. And you're just like, oh, awesome, sweet, dead. Yeah, dead yeah, nice, but, nice mana war. But it just happened way too many times where I'm just like sitting doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, so you have a, you have a bunch of ways to a bunch of creatures to talk about. You know, uh, about whether or not you want to include them. So for me, the fact that there's not just a oh yeah, you definitely play. I mean. Or uh, the Vandals, right? Kelvin Vandals and... Manic. Uh, and Manic Vandals. Like, yeah, like, I feel like you should be playing at least one of those guys. Yeah. But which one?
3: Probably Manic. Like, I never... I, the Echo on Kelvin was so awkward a lot of the times.
2: You see, I actually play Kelvin and not Manic because the four power is just a vicious beating.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: A four power on three mana, you know, a three mana creature that sticks around is a lot. Yeah. You know? So, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the way I've gone with it. But I've, I've certainly, Manic has kind of come in and gone out for me a couple times mm-hmm. as I try to figure out exactly which one's the best. The only one I feel which has been an unbelievable addition um, that people, I, I feel like people who are kind of in the know know it but don't talk about it very much, is Gutter Snipe has been ridiculous for me.
3: What kind of decks do you find play that card?
2: Uh, decks with spells.
1: Ah, well... <laughs> <laughs> I mean Certainly I I, I, I
2: hate to I hate to put it that simplistically but it, it's a card that a lot of times decks can't really suffer to live um obviously it's insane in like the spells matter like blue red burn decks Mm-hmm. Or whatever, where you're just like, oh, do this, take two. Oh, do this, take two. Oh, do this, take two. But even just in my, I've had a, a number of just like red aggressive decks where I just play that thing on turn three, and anytime I'm getting double duty out of every one of my creature removal spells.
3: Yeah, they're all pretty much like Searing Blazes. Exactly. Is there like a minimum you find? Like, are you ever like, I need to run X instants or sorceries to play this? And if you do, do you know, is and there a number?
2: It hasn't come up yet. I haven't ever had to cut it for not having enough spells.
3: Hmm.
2: But I don't know what that number would be. I'm thinking you have to have more than five. Yeah. I mean, but... But you're red. Usually, typically, your red decks, you're doing that kind of stuff anyway. Yeah. So, you know, and, and every time you draw, I mean, every time you draw a spell, it just does double duty. It's just like automatic two to the face, much like Perforos is now. Like, anytime I draw a creature, it's just like two to the face, you know?
3: And it's not when it resolves. It's
2: just when you cast no, it. When you cast it, it triggers. It's like, so, oh, I have a lightning bolt. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. You know, searing blaze you. You know, mini searing blaze you. Yeah. This you know, yeah, sir. Oh, you know, I'll... Cast you know, I'll cast this draw spell, or I'll cast you know, pad the exile or whatever. And oh, you know, ding you there, or ding you there. You like oh Armageddon, take two, you know, or whatever it might be. You know, there's I found that has a bunch of uses, and I feel like not enough people are playing it. I've just been so happy with it.
3: It's actually That's something cool. I recently put in today. Ooh. Actually, previous to this conversation, yeah, I was like looking at, it, I was like, I think I was like, you know, I might give this thing another try.
2: I, I've been i I've been a huge fan of it. Um, also, too, you know, and I don't know how much of this matters or not, but, you know, I'm, I'm unpowered. Mm-hmm. So there's certainly a, a a whole subset of cards, you know, of very powerful cards that people are going to want in their decks that just aren't going to trigger this guy.
3: Yeah, but I still think it's – probably the context is probably pretty similar in terms of what triggers it and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. But it's probably slightly higher, like, with cards like Ancestral and whatever, that like, probably work well with it. So, so, I don't know. Like, it's probably – I'll probably give it a shot. Like I think I put it in today. I forget what I took out for it, but I'm giving it a try,
2: you know, and even I, I've been very happy with Mindsparker so far too Hmm. at red three, but anyway, we're 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 getting too too, too much. Too we'll deep. save that for the Red episode. I was actually uh, gonna
3: segue this into saying White's threes are actually very good. I should yes. like like blade splicer, I think is very very, good.
2: I mean Silverblade paladin mm-hmm. uh, Mirroring Crusader uh. I mean the 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 list goes on I mean the, the, to the point where you have to start cutting you know where we're if you're in a color where uh Fiend Slayer, paladin not good enough
3: yeah not no no way a-
2: paladin in Beck pretty much not good enough anymore no I mean, how crazy is that per- double protect double protection two two first striker for three
1: yeah
2: nah. Nah, per- spectral, spectral procession though who Construction yeah, procession, you know, awesome. Yeah, uh, a lot of people still, especially if you run tokens, mirror entity. That card was a, a game winner by itself for many a, a year. Yeah, uh, especially in that draft format. Flicker, like
3: flicker, wisp. I'm a big fan of. I have recently become a big flicker wisp fan myself. Nice. Did you recently get a foil?
2: Yeah, I got. A, I finally got a foil when it got reprinted in in uh, Modern Masters, Modern Masters. I was able to pick up a foil. I did not
3: know how much those were worth in foil. Until like pretty recently, and that was uh, aren't they like ten bucks for pack coils
2: uh the, the old ones I know they used to be, I don't know if they still are or not, yeah, but they are uh yeah they're 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 no jokes,
3: yeah, I remember like getting one for my cube a while ago and then recently checking the price. I was like ten bucks, I'm like, what I mean, I love that. I mean, it also just triggers so well with a lot of maybe not things that white itself does, right, like entering the battlefield uh things. Mm-hmm. But it works pretty well with that, like, you know, just like, I'll blink my Kelvin Champion. Sure, you're taking a 1,000 damage,
2: right. and you're dead. I'll, bl- I'll blink my Moldrifter. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Or Siege Gang Commander.
2: I'll blink my Siege Gang Commander, right, exactly. I'll I'll blink my virtually anything, you know. Yeah. I'll blink my Cloud...
3: I'm just leafing through cards from my cube. I- I'll... Go- a- a Cloud Goat Ranger.
2: V-Click. Yeah, I'll blink, <laughs> blink
3: my V-Click.
2: That's just so... <laughs> That's so broken. Yeah, like, ah, uh, it's yep. so so good. Yep. And, the, and the art is super creepy.
3: Yeah, like, what is it? Like, it's an elemental, but it's like got uh, these weird kind of tendrils and this weird wing.
2: Yeah, and it looks like it's got eyes on the wings, and it's got, and it's all like it looks like a spider. Yeah, it's all creepy. I don't know. Gives me nightmares. And it's a three-one. Oh. Right, and. It, and it flies. Yeah, flying is. <laughs> it is a three power. Yeah, it looks like foil ones. Modern Master foils are only like four bucks. How, right mi-
3: how much are pack ones?
2: Oh, like from. Uh, uh, Eventide or whatever. Eventide. I bet you they were a lot more before it. Uh, before it got reprinted. Before it got reprinted. That's one of the ones I just kind of stayed out of the way of because I'm like, eh. uh $8. Nice. I mean, that's, yeah, that's still pretty good. Don't understand that one at all. It's yeah. Great card looks it's even the same artwork yeah
3: when i first found out about the death and taxes deck and when i saw that it was running flicker wisp i was like i can get behind this deck it's cool i'm guessing a lot of it's probably like probably good amounts because of combos with mangara but i mean still yeah. that's that's cool like it's awesome
2: yeah you're like activate my mangara and i'll uh what's his name this guy into play Flicker Wisp, uh, Aether Vial, this Flicker Wisp into play. Oh, right. Wow. Or, or Flicker or Wisp and then activate my, you know, target your Mangara and then activate it. Well, no, that doesn't work. You have got to do it the other way around. Oh. That's the ability always off, so you have to Aether Vial it in. Okay. In response to the ability. Huh. Usually, you just use Caracas or whatever. I was about to and say, you yeah, use Usually, Caracas. you Caracas it back to your hand, and then you Aether Violet back in the play, but you can <laughs> do it that way, too. Jeez. But, like, but like the nice thing about Flicker Wisp, too, is that you just get get rid of annoying stuff, even if it's just for one turn. You're like, they're like, Gideon Jura, come at me, bro. And you're like, Flicker Wisp,
1: come, I, out, come at you. <laughs> come, like, at you <laughs> come at you, bro.
2: you, <laughs> bro. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, Blade Spicer. You know, that's uh, that's uh, yeah,
3: Blade Blade Spicer is so good. Like, that's a card I used to play just that's a card I used to just play in aggressive decks and I found I play in just most white decks in general because the value is just insane. Yeah. Card's just good. So The Banisher yes. Banisher Priest, Fiend a Fiend Hunter Family. Yep. I think those are great. I know some people don't like those because like if they kill it they get the guy back. It's like, well that's that's a kind of risk you gotta play, dude. You know? Yeah.
2: I'm a fan. Yeah. I mean, and they allow you to, the one thing that's nice that they allow you to do is to be able to basically keep your tempo going. So you're still, even though it's a smaller threat, you're still able to basically have a removal spell and a creature at the same time. And that's one of the things uh, I don't think White does very well. If we want to... A segue? Yes, a segue here into, like, kind of weaknesses is that... um, the cards don't have, you mentioned earlier, the entering, you know, as far as Flickerwisp goes, the enter enter the battlefield abilities, there's really not a whole lot of them in white. Most of white's kind of stapled on abilities are, you know, Talia or Imposing Sovereign mm-hmm. or, you know, things like that that are a bit more static and disrupt that way, uh, you know, Grand Abolisher um or or activated you know abilities you have to activate or, or do something with not a whole lot of blinking abilities with the exception of like a karmic guide yeah is that a, still played in a lot of cubes
1: nowadays oh yeah
2: i i th- i would say a quite a few you number know, of people still play it okay the fact that i mean it's a it's a white you know the, you're getting a white reanimate that actually isn't super embarrassing as a creature mhm it has a random protection.
3: Yeah, and that's kind of strange. Too. It's like, oh, pro black. Sometimes that's led me to pay the echo more than than I would think. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm it's playing like versus what? like some black deck. It's like, okay,
1: echo.
2: Right. Yeah. Sure. Keep this guy around. But I think that's the you know one of the things, and because of that, it doesn't have a a whole lot of the enter the the etb. Triggers. I think the white decks have struggling two for wanting on their individual cards. Um, I, I think it makes it harder to just to out, with the exception of you know Wrath of God and things like that, which obviously X for one people. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I, I think as far as the creatures go, the aggressive side goes. There's not there's not a lot of ways to get value out of it, as far as card advantage type value, mm-hmm. um, and so you know, there's there's no fire Imps, right? There's no fire Imps. There's there's really not any Viridian shamans or Kalibian orangutans. I mean, you have like the um, monk realist, monk idealist, but those cards aren't good enough to I was play. I say those I mean, are just awful. Card. There's those wa- cards were a- sweet back in the day, but like they're they're not they're not great now.
3: They're kind of, yeah. like there's cards like there's some, but they're not like Wall of Omens, Resto kind of.
2: Sure, but Restoration Angel.
3: Needs something else.
2: Right, you need something else in play, and. It's not. Without damage on the stack, you don't really get the two for one with it. Like, you like it enables. Like, Restoration Angel is the same as, like, Flicker Wisp, right? It enables shenanigans the other direction. Granted, because it's an instant, you, because it's Flash, you can play more tricks with it. Yeah. But.
3: You can misbind click somebody.
2: Right, it doesn't really provide the value on its own.
1: Yeah, and it needs help.
2: It, it needs something to interact with. So, and, and I think because of that, the white aggressive decks can struggle without some sort of disruption going on.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because you can't just like outvalue people. Um, with red, you know, the red aggressive decks, you can just, you know... Hey, this guy has haste. Attack you. Hey, now they both have haste. Attack you. Hey, now all three of them have haste. Attack you. <laughs> hey, now all four of them have haste. Attack you. Oh, look, you're dead. Mm-hmm, yeah. You, know, you get those kind of draws. The green decks, you get the okay. Well, here's a one drop. Okay, now well here's a here's a three drop. Oh, uh, here's a five drop. Oh, here's a seven. Like, yeah, well or here's a here's a Deal with it. Right. Here's a you know, here's a five five on turn three. Yeah. <laughs> you really don't want me to untap with. Or here's a here's a six six on turn four. and Let me go get a couple more lands. hmm Yeah. Oh, um, Titan. So good. So, you know, there there's they they have plans that, you know, they can they can kill you without disruption. Um Black has all kinds of oh hey, you know, uh kick this uh kick this vampire to mm-hmm. make you sacrifice a creature or hey, when this comes into play, discard a card, or hey, when this comes into play, uh destroy another creature. Put minus and, three, minus three on that right. guy, right? Right, kill this guy. This guy comes into play. Kill your thing, or hey, this guy died, but I'm going to play a land, and up oh, there he is again. Hey, how you doing? You know, yeah. There's there's a lot of ways to you know the the creatures the the lower end of the creatures have ways to elicit more than one for ones.
3: Yeah. Speaking of because uh, you said about Prime Titan, how would you rank Sun Titan in the grand scheme of Titans?
2: Um. Well, it's one of the three that I actually play.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, no, I play four. What am I talking about? I forgot I play four. Yeah, first, don't you don't play, play Frost. I, play Frost. I, don't um, I think it's certainly not first. No. Um, I, I would venture to say Grave Titans first. Mm-hmm. Um. But may and prime I, I I feel like Primeval Titan's probably second. But I think it's about here's my thing with Sun Titan, right? So I think I like it more than Inferno I think Inferno Titan might be my least favorite. Doesn't mean the card's not absurd because it is. Yeah. But I think I would think I would rank it a close third behind primeval Titan, but there are games where the card is virtually unstoppable.
3: Yeah. Yeah, like if you get it into play, or like if you're just grinding value out with it, it's just like, uh, and if they just what? kill, or if they kill it, but you still get back something dumb, like, here's my Stoneforge Mystic, get some pants.
2: Right, or I mean, you know, or there'll they'll, they'll be games where you're like, okay, phew, I finally dealt with that Liliana of the Vale. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah
2: yeah me- I'm so glad I made him discard that oblivion ring earlier in the uh oh
3: yeah I'm glad i uh I feel so smart I disenchanted i uh Utabi whatever, whatever I wicker bowed his o-ring and I got my guy back and I two for one him because I got back some two for one guy I'm so right. cool and it's like oh I right I guess um, not.
2: Uh, <laughs> you're like oh wait he has a strip mine in his graveyard. Uh
3: yeah, it's like sweet. I'm I'm locked now.
2: So so the the games where it's absurd. It might be this it's the second best. Um but the I think overall it's probably you know, if if we're on a 10-point scale, you know, and uh where we're we're, 10, if we're if we're grading on a T-curve here and uh, Grave Titan is 10 and Primeval Titan is 8, it's like 7.5. Okay.
3: I was actually gonna say I think Sun Titan might be one of the weaker ones. I still I still think it's absurd. Like it's just I mean, dumb.
2: I, I, right. I, I think the games where it the, the thing is is the fact that it plays offense and defense makes it very good.
3: Yeah. The vigilance is big game.
2: Vigilance is the big game. But like the I the, like I said the games where you're just generating the value off of the trigger makes it so difficult to do anything.
3: Yeah. And most uh, of the time so most of the time they can't just kill it. Like it's pr- it's not difficult to get two triggers off of it, usually.
2: Right, and I prime primetime, you know, is better because, you know, you're basically drawing two cards every time it does something. But, like, just getting lands in and of itself is not actually killing your opponent, but constantly getting back permanence yeah. certainly has the ability to just kill your opponent. hmm So... I mean, there are, there are so many games where you just get grinded value-wise, cause they're like, alright, well, I'm gonna let this Baby Jace die, and then cast Sun Titan, and get back Baby Jace, <laughs> yeah. and draw another card, and then I'm gonna attack with it, you know, I'm gonna, and then you're like, alright, well, yeah, uh, I guess I gotta, <laughs> you know, what am I gonna do here, you know, like, I can't kill this guy, or whatever, and they're like, alright, well, I'm gonna... You know,
3: I'll get back to Swetchland.
2: Do this. Right, right. Even just that, you know, I'm gonna get back to Stretchland, i will get back to this wasteland and get rid of your thing. Mm-hmm. Or hey, I'm gonna bring back this uh I'm gonna bring back this uh uh blue white man land and you know start working it over with this guy too when I get to on top of them again and Oh you killed them. oh cool, well, I'll just bring him back again.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: even if you're block, you know, that's the thing is like even if you're blocking it, you it's it creates this sort of momentum that makes it really hard to win the game if they get to keep activating it. Much like Grave Titan, right? Like, if you, I mean, if you attack with Grave Titan a couple times, it just makes it really hard to win.
3: Yeah, it's like, what am I doing now? Like,
2: it's like, so they have, so they have, you know, when they play it, they have 10 power. and they attack, now they have 14 power. And they attack. It's, like, it's, like, it's just like a huge uphill battle the entire time.
3: Mm hmm. It's like, what am I supposed to do against this thing? Like, what do I do against this stupid thing? Like,
2: <laughs> So. I, I do like it, um, and only because I've seen those absurd games a lot, mm-hmm. so it, it's hard for me to rank it. I can't possibly rank it above Grave Titan, no. but um, before I added Primeval, it was probably number two for me. Um, like I said, and I do like Inferno Titan, but I think it's my least favorite of the group.
3: Yeah, it's usually like... In a weird situation where it's like maybe it was in a, another color that uh, ramped more, you know, like where yes. it's in a very awkward role. Like it's one of the few. Like it's one of the things I tell people. Like the only real acceptable six drops in an aggressive deck are like Inferno Titan, Frost Titan, Master Worm. Everything else you're just doing it wrong. And that's if you're playing a six drop in your aggro deck, which is still questionable.
2: Yeah, I mean, suspect the best, but I've been known to play a warx Blade Wing.
3: Okay, yeah. Like that could work. Like things that have like immediate impact. Like if right,
0: play, like, I mean, are thing... <laughs> playing like a
3: grave titan in your aggressive deck is like, what are you doing? Yeah, like
2: the old six six in the air right away. Yeah. Kind of kind of helps to end games. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Yeah.
3: But yeah, I guess you like Rorix is a good example. I just I just never I don't think I actually pl- have played it in cube. I, I think i built it my I actually think I did have it in cube. Never mind. Okay, so yeah. But like a lot of other examples, like Worm Coil in your aggressive deck, it's like what? No,
2: right, right, you right. Make- yeah, you don't want to be wasting your time with waiting for that thing to do anything.
3: Yeah, but like Inferno Titan is just like you know Arc Lightning a lot of times. But like in those roles, it's fine, and it like seems like it plays better in like more slow decks. But it's and yeah, in the mid
2: range deck, it's absurd.
3: But it's just how off. It's just like the the uh, paradigm being like. How much of a percentage is are the red decks mid versus aggressive or whatever?
2: Well, also too, and the you know Inferno Titan is one of those cards that actually is just absurd being ramped out against an aggressive deck.
3: Yeah, I've done that too, versus somebody in Moto Cube. They were like some kind of Boros aggro deck, and like I think I went Batterskull. No wait, I think I think I could have accelerated out an in Inferno Titan early, but I'm like I'm gonna let him play a few more things, see if I can like plaguewind him. And he did, and I like Inferno Titan, and he was like, "That sucks." And I'm like,
2: "Yeah." Well, I don't think he actually said anything, but he he, he seemed not happy.
1: <laughs> shocker, I know.
2: <laughs> for for multiple things, you know, plague winding someone and they're not happy, and then someone who isn't happy on Moto, yeah. also another big shocker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, you mean your opponent was gracious and said that you you played masterfully and and thank you for the game. T- oh no, that I, doesn't happen that often.
3: I've actually, I, I don't know, like I've, I think I've only had maybe a few people who are, who are like super bad. Like, who were, I think there was one MotoCube video actually where someone was like, "Your deck is so bad. I hope you just lose." And of course, I went to the finals and won. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like good job. Also, you're on candid camera. Right. And
1: Surprise.
3: Then, and that, but like a lot of times, usually because of that, I try to be nice to my opponents. Or be like, hey, I thought that was a really good play. Like, there was somebody who. I don't know. There's somebody who, like, messed up something. And he was mm-hmm. like, man, I totally messed it up. And I'm like, oh, because he tried targeting my Frost Titan. Oh, okay. But the play tapped him out and he forgot about the two mana thing. He's like, oh, my God, I'm such an idiot. And I'm like, to be fair, you know, it's like, don't feel too bad. Like, to be fair, you know, it's, it's not common. And, you know, it's not really played well, much um, nowadays.
2: Right. Unless you played with that card when it was standard legal, that's a, a tough thing to see.
3: Yeah. And he was like, and it was actually from some friend I knew. He's like, hey, you're, are you Usman? I'm like, he was some friend I used to know in St. Louis back in the day. He's like, mm-hmm. Mike, he's like, you're used to on Mike, yeah. I'm like, um, what, does somebody recognized me from, like, articles or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Since, right. He's like, hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like Small
2: World. <laughs> right, right.
3: But, yeah, I try to be nice on Moto because of that kind of – because of people just being, like, pricks. Sure.
2: All right. So let's see. Titans Uh – two for one – Kind of hard to two for one with the aggressive creatures. Or weaknesses of white cards. Trying to remember where we were. Uh, um, two for
3: ones, not really being able to, like, other decks being able to, like, maybe the green decks being able to go over the top of you or something like that.
2: Right, right. That the other color, the other aggressive colors can just straight up race you with creatures where it's kind of hard to just one for one. Uh, and that's because of the lack of ETBs and the, the lack of two for ones of the. Of your flame tongue kabu's and your fire amps and your skin renderers or your skin uh, a flesh render flesh re- flesh wood. flesh marauder so, uh, any of that I don't know any of that stuff flesh marauder is a little different uh, the the one that the, the four mana three three that you get to caca give a dude minus three minus three skin render skin render. yeah yeah skin render I'm like wh- wh- which one's the one the morph one skin, skin thinner thinner sorry
3: yeah, that costs like a thousand mana yeah
2: yeah yeah okay. Uh, so that's kind of tough. You really, you have really, with the exception of land tax, which is situational, you have no card drawing in the color at all.
3: Yeah, you have a lot of like incidental card advantage through like planeswalkers. Oh, planeswalkers! I guess are a pretty good strength.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. Sure. We should have mentioned that. Uh, the, definitely the best suite of planeswalkers among any color. Maybe blue. But you know, blue. Yeah, blue is very good too. I, I mean, I think it's. I think it's close. Yeah. Uh, I, I certainly think it's close. Um, because, yeah, blue, you have the the different flavors of Jace, plus, uh... Tamio. What's her name? Tamio. But white, like, white, though, you get aggressive Planeswalkers, and you get defensive Planeswalkers.
3: Yeah, which is like, why, like, when I see people, like, limiting Planeswalkers, especially in white, it just seems weird. Like, because it's kind of like, am I limiting creatures because, like, there's three mana guys and six mana guys? Like... There's a world of difference and function between a Johnny Caller of the Pride and Elspeth's Sons Champion. Yep, a world's difference. Like a Johnny Goldmane. Like you're not playing a Johnny Goldmane in your, you know, your blue ex blue white control deck. You might side it in versus like a red aggro deck if you really need like a white Honden or something. Uh-huh. But that's, you know, that's not really the. <laughs> the play but you know it's something right. you can do but it's something you probably shouldn't do
2: right but right you definitely have like the aggressive planeswalkers you know the uh, you know a johnny three drop a johnny four drop you have your kind of could go either direction into mid-range into control of, of gideon uh you have the same way with elspeth four drop elspeth you know it definitely goes into any of the theaters Mm-hmm. You know, and
3: speaking of which, Elspeth, like in Moto Cube, at least with a you know powered version, I would see that thing go like seventh and eighth pick. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I was I, I, like, there were so many times I would see it late. And I'm like, did people forget this card is insane? Right.
2: I mean, it, it looks very <laughs> innocuous, but it's actually not. Yeah, I, because which, which is why it wasn't very popular when the card first came out.
3: I was going to say, yeah, that's why it kind of went under the radar for a while, and then I was like,
2: oh. Right, <laughs> so those cards. You, you literally, all it takes is playing with it once, and you're like, oh, right, yeah, I got like, it. Uh, like,
3: like Elishnorn.
2: Elisionorn's right.
3: Is it, an interesting white card?
2: Yeah, it certainly is. And once again, you know, it's it's a static effect card. It's not an enter the battlefield card, but it certainly has an effect when it enters. Yeah. But you don't get any you know value out of blinking it or, or anything like that. But yeah, it's it's definitely a, a, not a typical. White card, I don't think. Except for the fact that it does have white characteristics. I mean... Yeah, kind of, it's like... Uh,
3: it's, a, it's an anthem and it's anthem kind of and a wrath.
2: wrath. Right, it's like an anthem and a wrath kind of in the same card. And it's a creature with more toughness than power. Yeah. like Which is a, a white trait. The but, body is
3: pretty interesting, like a 4-7. Right. You don't see too many of those,
2: but yeah, like... I, I think they were trying to come up with some way of, okay, the board's going to be empty most likely when you play this. So we can't have it kill people too fast. Yeah. But we also don't want to make it super easy to kill.
3: Yeah, we can't have it be like a 3-3 or something. Right, right. It's like, let's make it a 4. All right, let's go and break. And then they came back like, okay, did you guys figure out toughness? Uh,
2: 7. I'm sure sure there's a very specific reason in the multiverse comments. Oh, I know. Why? Seven, seven toughness, and maybe one of these days we can get a, a reveal on that and how they came up with that.
3: Well, it's kind of like with the uh, loyalty and abilities on on the planeswalkers, like Kiora, where they cut sure. through a lot of different iterations. Or like, okay, let's let's roll with this.
2: I just wonder what it was that made them give it seven. Like, was it something about the standard environment that made them make it seven? Was it an interaction with an older format that it had to be seven? Yeah. You know like Good. for example like goblin pile driver was definitely in in response to Psychotog. Yeah. Like you know there there are definitely reasons why that dude randomly has protection from blue.
1: Mhm. Uh
2: you know there there are certainly things like that. I mean uh the the fact that Sabo's web was created or uh what's his name uh Chephrie's uh, response was in direct re- response to Rashad and Port being printed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kitaki War's Wage was an almost soon enough response for like because of the affinity decks, you know. Yeah. Uh, e e-, e statue. E-, e statue, which was did the, the, the failed attempt to have it do anything. Yeah. But then you Kitaki know, uh, did it. But after they already banned everything, um, so there are certainly card designs that specifically influence the formats at which they're supposed to interact with.
1: I think uh, uh
3: Finx was a three two as opposed to a two two because of Revel Arc, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I'm trying to think of some others, but yeah, there was definitely some things like that where it's like we had to do this because of this certain thing in the format.
2: Because right. of this other thing being legal at the same time. Mm-hmm. They did not have that thought with flame tongue Kavu by the way. <laughs> they just said, Hey, let's make everything so it dies to this card.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah. It's just like, oh but Ern Ernim Jim. <laughs> right. Did, was that, was that card, did people actually play that card because it survived FTK, or was that like some kind of,
2: like... I don't remember, I don't remember Ernim Jim seeing very much play at all at that time.
3: No, it was in, it was seen played in in Ernim and, I, and I Burnham. Just,
2: right, right, I just remember that Flame Tunkabu was so good yeah. that even the opposition decks were started to play. it. They're like, blue-green opposition. What? Splashing red for Flame Tunkabu. Yeah. Well, I know the Psychotog decks were, but wow. It's... Everybody started, I mean, much like uh, in the a couple years ago, every deck was splashing red so you can play Lightning Bolt. Wow. It was, it was much the same sort of thing. Like, well, here's just a, re- just a completely absurd card. So, like, anytime we can remotely make the mana work for it, we're doing it.
3: Yeah. That's so. it's a mana is a single red, too, it's kind nice. of weird, like Skin Render, it felt like it was kind of similar, but it took so long for it to catch on, probably because of the double black. But it was oh. a card, I remember being like, this card is ridiculous, like, why is nobody playing this card? Eventually it did in, like, the black-red zombie deck, but for so long it just didn't see play. I'm like, man, that makes me sad.
2: Well, you know, I also think uh, that card was a, had a, trying to make, like, a fixed version of Shambling Swarm. Do you remember that card?
3: Yeah, wasn't it like when it dies you put like a bunch of temporary minus one minus one effects on some dudes or something?
2: Yeah, you put uh um basically uh when it dies you put neg one neg one counters. Uh I think you put three of them. You get to distribute them as much as you want. But it was four mana, but it was three black in the cost. Yeah, yeah. But then you remove the counters at the end of the turn.
0: That's
3: that yeah, that's what I thought I was like what there were so many weird abilities like that. Like uh...
2: The thing was, you know, it's like, did it ever really need counters if you remove them at the end of the turn? Like, I guess you could say three minus one minus one. The new way to say that would be to give them minus minus one triggers. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when it dies, you know, much like uh, it's just weird that it's counters, but only yeah. until end of turn. Instead of just saying three instances, you know, some way of saying three instances of... That creature gets minus one, minus one. That creature, you know, was it seats of Seeds strength? of strength, yeah. Has huh. like the three uh, plus one, plus one. Yeah. Did Bounty of the Hunt how use counters?
3: Yeah, Bounty of the Hunt. Yeah, the the, the green pitch spell that had that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Where like you get counters and then you do it at the beginning of the next cleanup step. That is so awkward.
2: <laughs> so awkward. Yeah, it's like let's do this. Well, you, what they they changed it right? So in the new thing from the, the cold snap theme decks, actually had a bounty of the hunt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and the wording things.
2: is until end of turn, target creature gets plus one plus one, comma, target creature gets plus one plus one, comma, and target creature gets plus one plus one. Do you
3: see the do you see the oracle text on that about like the well, distribute? The,
2: the, well, this is the actual themes that when they re-templated it for the cold snap precons. Because okay. they included, like, the, you know, they included, you know, you got new border swords to plowshares and new border brainstorm and stuff like that with yeah. the old art. That's actually how it's templated on, on that one. Yeah,
3: on that's, that one. that's the one I was looking at, yeah, but I think they've updated it since then. Like, since, Oh, really? The, the actual oracle text? The oracle, actual oracle text is distribute three plus one plus one counters amongst one, two, or three target creatures. For each plus one plus one counter put on a creature this way, remove a minus one minus one counter from that creature at the beginning of the next cleanup step. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So it puts right cuz cuz you know they they have to do the whole matter antimatter thing about plus one plus one and minus one minus one counters. Um but that Oh my god, my head hurts. Yeah. Okay, I, I can't. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that anymore. It makes my head hurt. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it puts counters, and there's a mention, it has to mention them removing them at end of turn, right? Yes. Yeah. Think so. Let me just double check. Because the way you just said it, it didn't sound like it. meant... I didn't hear you say unless well, the first oh, yeah, yeah. was yeah. until end of turn. Put a plus one plus one counter. It,
3: well, it said at, for each minus one minus one counter put on a creature this way, remove a minus one minus one counter from that creature at the beginning of the next cleanup step.
2: Right, but what about the plus one plus one counter as you're putting on it? Oh,
3: the oh, plus one plus one. Sorry, I read it bad.
2: So, oh, I see. So for each plus one plus one you put on it. Remove a plus one, plus one at the end of the, in the cleanup.
3: Yeah, it's on MagicCards.info if you wanna if you wanna oh, like read
2: God. it. Oh, I'll just go to Gather.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah that's
2: why. Just... uh uh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, oh my! Oh my! Hander, distribute three. Uh. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's so bad. It's
2: like what? Oh, head hurts. Oh, anyway, oh, gross.
3: Speaking of white, what about? I wonder what the new wording on scars of the veteran is. the The white spe, the white pitch spell, which is terrible.
2: Ooh, it's probably like probably. scars of the veteran. Here we go. Prevent the next seven damage. seven's so random. Yeah. Prevent the next seven damage that would be dealt to target creature or player this turn. At the beginning of the next end step, put a plus zero plus one counter on that creature for each one damage prevented that way.
3: Wow! Oh, oh, that's why Norn has seven toughness.
2: Throwback to Scars of the Veteran. <laughs> oh my God! Norn <laughs> is covered with scars.
1: <laughs> scars of Merit. Oh my God! <laughs>
2: It's a conspiracy. We figured it out.
3: See, <laughs> so look at his eye. Do you see, like, the scar in his eye? Like, the right, scar yeah. and his eye, it kind of looks like the Phryxian logo. Oh, God. Yeah, we broke the format. <laughs> we broke the yeah, format. Figured it out. <laughs> Cracked the code. <laughs> oh, my God. It's kind of like when those, like, Urza arts, where they had the Phryxian logo, but nobody cared. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, and there'd be, like, some arcana about it. Like, look at the... Uh, Order of Yoggmoth, or something like, hey, there's the Frixian logo in like, right. the old one, or something, or
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, you can also find a bunch of instances if you go through le- like just sit one day and pull up a an Oracle list of all the legendary creatures and legends, mm-hmm. and you'll see a ton of names they've used again. Huh. You re- you ready for the one that that blew my mind the most?
3: Uh, Nickel Bolas.
2: Uh, uh. No. Uh. I, I'm going to uh, let me let me find it.
3: The, the main ones I can think of are probably like Toshira, Umizawa. Right,
2: there's an Umizawa, right? Mm-hmm. You ready? You ready for this one? I'm going to read you the stats.
3: Oh man, is it going to be like one of those ones, where like like creatures with forest walk can be blocked or something?
2: No, no, no. Just just by the natural name of it, you're going to go oh. You ready?
0: All right, let's it, do it, this. It costs
2: white, white. It cannot be blocked by creatures with power three or greater. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And it is a 1-1. One, one. And they made a tribe out of it. And its name is Amru Kithin. Yep. And they made like a tribe just, out of it. <laughs> they made two out of it. Amru Seekers, Amru Scalp. Well, all those guys too.
3: Well, I mean, that was the whole like idea for the Kithkin tribe was like right. can't be blocked but, by big stuff and
2: right because this is you know creature it's a it's technically creature of Kithkin
3: because yeah isn't Amru Scout a Kithkin? It's Correct. a Kithkin rebel, yeah.
2: I think so. It's a I know it's a rebel, yeah. But like all the Amru cards, um,
3: Amru Seekers,
2: uh, yeah, they are Kithkin rebels,
3: yeah, and they. Yeah, it's just so random. It's like, what? All
2: right. Well, yeah, like, sit, sit some time, and yeah, it's a good little exercise. Sit and just look at the list of legendary creatures, and you can find all these names that you see. You're like, oh, oh, uh, oh. Uh. Yeah, Toshiro Umazawa, right?
1: Mm hmm.
2: You know, that's a, a big one. You're just like, oh, oh, uh, oh. Uh. And then you look at all the cards, and you're like, why wow, are all these creatures so bad? That thing costs seven mana of three different colors for a 3 4. Mm hmm. And it doesn't do anything. Yeah, it what just What's going on?
3: It, it kind of makes me think of, like, when playing Chandelar. I don't think you played. I remember you saying it was bad. I remember you yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I can't. I can't deal with it. I don't know. Like I can play retro. I. I don't know. I don't mind the graphics. And
2: there's a guy on. Uh, I don't like the fact that the computer blatantly cheats.
3: Well, the computer is also really dumb. Sure. <laughs> it was really dumb as well. But yeah, they definitely do cheat. Uh there's somebody who who um who was speed running it for a while. <laughs> God. Yeah, it was. There was a. I don't know if this is getting too far off topic. It probably is, but who cares? It's third power. We do anyway. <laughs> but, like, you know how they had, and, like, so it was kind of like an overhead, like, world map, and you would be able to, you would have to essentially defeat five castles, which were mm-hmm. a different color. Like, there was a different white
2: color. castle, right, right, right. blue
3: castle. Like, the- and then, like, you would walk around in them, and there was, like, dice. It was a dice icon, and it would give you a random modifier. Like, sometimes they would give you, like, plus three life, and you would start at, like, ten, and you would have to, or seven or something. You had to do quests to get more life. And then one of them is you get to start the game with a random creature from your deck in play. And since it's in the be- in play at the beginning of your turn, it has haste. So what the guy did, his name is uh, man, I totally know. His name is Derek Boyoko or something. I don't know. But he um, I'll probably link to his stream on Twitter or on on the show notes. But he he did it be that the only creature in his deck was Shivan Dragon. Okay. So, like, he would get he would go to those dice and then make it so that he would get that modifier. It's like, you start the game with, you start the next duel with Shivan Dragon in your deck. And he would mm-hmm. fight the end boss and, like, okay, I start with Shivan Dragon. Attack you for five. Attack you for five. Yeah, you're dead. Or just, like, put an aura on which gives it vigilance, uh, Eternal Warrior or something like that. And essentially just, like, bolt, bolt, uh, attack, attack, you're dead. And just kind of abuse that to win the game. Gotcha. It was interesting, and I, I don't know. Like I, it's something I really wish was remade with non awful AI and doesn't look
2: right. Terrible. Right, right. If you could update it yeah. somehow. Speaking of speed runs, I know a lot of people. That's a, a very popular thing now too. I know. A lot, I know a lot of people really dig watching speed runs, like video game speed runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of have mixed feelings about it a little bit. Like what do you mean? Like how much I actually enjoy watching them. Eh, I don't know. Like, like, like I watch them and I'm like, okay, like, a lot of the enjoyment for me is, oh, I remember this game. Mm-hmm. That's cool that they're able to do that. Yeah. But then, I, for me, it has, like, no rewatch value. I don't know. It's kind of unless like... Unless the person is really entertaining, much like a streamer, you know, like a Magic streamer or whatever, if they're, you know, very fun to watch or, they, you know, their commentary and everything. But I, I don't play the games enough to really appreciate the difficulty anymore. Yeah. I think when the games were, like, popular, I would have been much more impressed, if that makes any sense.
3: It does, yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel like it's just kind of watching any kind of general feat kind of thing. Like, I guess maybe having some... Ex- I don't tend to watch speedruns of games I don't play or haven't played. Like, like I used to play Mario 64, but I was never, like, insane at it. I was, I was competent at it, but I wasn't, like able to speedrun it or anything, but, like, being able to have that context of, like, watching the game and being like, man, that guy was able to do that or was able to just do that flawlessly and being able to do that, although, yeah, I'm not really sure how well, like, if I was to watch, like, a random game, like, if I was to watch, like, some, one of them newfangled games, you know, just, like, watching that and be like, hey, this guy's doing this, I'm like, is that good? Is that bad? Like, I don't, I have no, I don't have no context to work with. Like, if somebody's doing some, like, crazy stuff in Mario 3, for example, he's he's able to, like, go... There's one part in one of the later levels where, like, there's this, like, moving ship where, like, one of Bowser's kids or something on one of the ships, and he's just... I think the the guy has nothing to do anyway in one of the speedruns I watched. Probably not... It's not a recent one. It's probably just some old one on YouTube. But he's like, I'm going to go on these little cannons and then just get infinite one-ups. I'm like, that's really cool. Because, like, there's no way I could have done that, like... But, yeah, if I was to watch some other game, like like a new Mario game, like Mario, the one with cats, I'm like, wow, this guy did really something cool. I'm like, okay, um, is, that, is that good? <laughs> like, I have no context to work with. But I don't know. It's, um, I don't know, I think it's, I don't know, in terms of Chandelier, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I played Chandelier, I guess, also as well a decent amount. Like, I was never really that, I, I think I beat it, kind of. Uh, But, you know, I was never really insane at it. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I think it may be proportional, like, how much you play. It's like if someone, like, when I've watched, like, League of Legends, and watched Uh people, like, championships of it, like, I'm never really, like, super into it. Or when I watch other people play Dota, I'd be like, wow, that's really cool. This guy killed that. I was, like, kind of, like, watching, like, football or something like when i watch football or the super bowl or something hey that's really because i'm not really rooting for anybody when i'm watching the super bowl it's i'm like wow that was a really cool play awesome that guy did that thing and the thing that's cool like this guy really did something (laughs) cool but i've got like i have like i can i have some context i don't but i'm not not, like going crazy because i'm not really rooting for a specific team i'm just like hey that was cool this guy did that good job good job you (laughs) or
2: something right Way to get them!
3: Yeah, just like you—you you got the you got the interception, and then you you ran it all the way, and then you got right. A touchdown. That's- right,
2: exactly. Like, I can appreciate that for the fact that that dude just ran into a pile of eleven people and somehow came out the other side.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he and he's
2: still running. But yep. or or man, he just jumped over a grown ass man.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
2: and he's still running. Yeah, you know things like that, but. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I can I can see that. Right, One thing, uh, well, sorry, where?
3: I was about to say maybe it's kind of that like way of speedrunning, running or just like watching something like that, where it's like if you don't have the context, I guess it's not really that enjoyable. You know what I mean? Like if, like I said, if I was watching like some game I never played, it's like, all right, that's cool. Sure, you beat this terrible game in like five minutes. I have no idea if you, if that's good
2: or bad. Sure. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Good job. Yeah. It seems like it's hard. Good job.
3: Yeah, yeah. It seems like it's difficult, but I have no idea. <laughs> All
2: right. Well, let's. Uh, before we get to our uh, our top five list here, uh, why don't we just, you know, what kind of things can does white not uh, not typically do? I guess I should say. What are some things that it that it can do, but maybe it doesn't usually do?
1: Huh. Hmm.
3: That's a. I don't know. I'm. I'm gonna look
2: at the sheet. <laughs> Aside from card draw, but like what what if, does it have? What can it do? But does not typically do. For example, like the thing I thought of. What I tried to do with my cube for a while was to make an enchantment side theme in white.
1: Oh yeah, right.
2: With like academy rector, idyllic tutor, uh, you know, a dovescape, um. Uh, the one, the the one where you get an enchantment out of your deck every single turn. Oh, and, and, uh, uh, in in enduring ideal, enduring ideal. You know, to try to push some sort of uh enchantment sub theme because I think white has the, or at least at one point in the game, white definitely white had the most enchantments.
1: Yeah, it um, still
3: does. I wouldn't be surprised.
2: You know, so trying to build a sub-theme there. Kind of like how Black, you can make a Black Mana Matters or Swamps Matters theme. Yeah. Or, uh, you know... I
3: think there's certainly ideas that, like, either aren't supported well enough or just can't work in a cube context. Like, okay, an example I just thought of, Life Gain. Sure. If you, like, pure Life... There are definitely cards with Life Gain strapped on, which are definitely good. It's just I don't think there's really a way to do, like... Life gain matters, or something, because it really
2: right do. something like the uh uh
3: soul Sisters. The, the, the,
2: yeah soul Sisters. What was the deck we were talking about earlier? That I couldn't remember the name of the Proclamation of
3: Rebirth. Yeah, Proclamation Martyr. Yeah, it's just like if you can't, you really can't, and if you do, it's just like a how often does it come together? B, how is it? Is it good?
2: Like mm-hmm. right, like what? Uh, right, exactly. You can put all these cards in. Uh, what is the card that if you have, like, 50 or more life, you win the game? Transcendence. Transcendence, yeah, you can play Transcendence. Then you can play a Johnny Goldmane in that deck, too.
3: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it just seems like Swamps Matter. It was one of those things where it was kind of like one of those thing, uh, concepts that is supported historically. It just either doesn't really have the support or it's not worth it.
2: Well, I, I think the the big issue with that is that it's hard to, unless you're opening the entire cube. Yeah,
3: unless you're right. When like,
2: you draft, um, it's hard to make sure you get all the pieces that you need to make it work. Yeah. Which is why I wound up taking out like a, the the mono black, black mana matters, swamps matters theme out of my cube a, a number of years ago. Is that you would, you know, you'd first pick a Cabal Coffers. And then maybe you'd get the uh, Urborg and you're like, oh man, my deck's going to be so good. And then you just get none of like the Black mana Matter spells or whatever, or you get a lot of that color. You know, you get a lot of that kind of stuff, and then you don't get the lands. And you're just left with kind of a crappy two color black deck, you know, because you just missed on on opening or drafting the cards that you need. So yeah, I mean, some people some people uh, push the uh, tribal strategies. Yeah,
3: and white. Yeah. No, I guess the like humans. Like I'm wondering, what, I'm wondering how many humans I would want in my deck to play a champion of the parish.
2: Sure. And it's funny that you should mention that. My uh, my modern cube article talks exactly about
1: that thing. Hey,
2: I like it. I like it. So, yeah, yeah. And I don't I don't know what the what the right answer is, but we've certainly gotten a lot of humans in recent years too. Yeah. That that do a lot of really good things. You know, the aforementioned Talia and. Uh, <clears throat> imposing sovereign among them.
3: I'm surprised a lot of the the soldier generators haven't been retconned to say human, like, well, I guess Elspeth. Like, I'm surprised Elspeth Knight Errant uh, doesn't make human soldiers, it just makes soldiers.
2: Yeah, I think there's probably a reason for that. I think if they, maybe they feel as though if it may actually made humans, because we have the, you're right, as I was looking through cards, we definitely have this play between A soldier tribal and a human tribal, Mm -hmm. where if they were all one or all the other, you could definitely make it, you know, make it work, you know, because all these cards would make it. For example, the uh, six drop from M10, uh, that all soldiers get plus one, plus one, and then when it comes into play, you get multiple soldier tokens. Oh, yeah, Captain of the Watch. Captain of the Watch. Like, that card was was heard in that format. Uh, Did you ever play in Cube? No, I okay. never did. I don't. Th- I do there, there, There's it. also the suspend one from Cold Snap. I think it was. Uh, or Time Spiral, it was rather from Planer. It was like Benalish Commander. Benalish Commander. Yeah. yeah. So like every 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 time it ticks down, you get a token. and when it comes into play, it gives all the to- it gives all soldiers plus one plus one or something. I think so. So yeah. so you know, there's stuff like that. Now, if they were all soldiers or if they were all humans, I think we would definitely be there, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that they're not would would require some shenanigans to make it work. All soldiers are now human soldiers, you know, or uh, you know, Oblivion Ring is now a rebel enchantment, you know, like
3: Well, they could probably just retcon a bunch of humans to be human or like soldiers to be human soldiers like But then there's some weird ones out there like Imposing Sovereign is just a human. Right. And it's not, like what? Not not a It's not a human cleric thing. or something or a human advisor.
2: I was going to say human advisor. Yeah. then we can have an advisor deck with uh Gataki. Oh, there
3: you go. And uh
2: there's another recent card that's an advisor as well.
3: Uh I don't I know Kongming Sleeping Drag is an advisor.
2: Uh, that's there from there's, World is there's Kingdoms. There's a There's another recent one. Um let's see Agent of Masks. Uh, is it uh, the um, Azurus Elocutors is an advisor?
3: Is it is the one that gives the uh,
2: What's that? The Grand stuff? Arbiter Augustine is an advisor.
3: Yeah, the one that who gives the uh, um, whatever filibuster counters. Yeah, that's a guy's an
2: advisor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Uh, these are bad. allocutors, uh, loyal retainers. Ooh, Mayor of Averbrook is actually a human advisor werewolf. What? Wow. Minister of impediments. Obsidat Coast oh. Council. That's the one I was thinking. About. Ah, yes. Obsidian Advisor. Uh-huh. Both tases Both cases are advisors.
1: Yeah. And here's
2: the other one that cracked me up. That was an advisor, and I was just about to mention this, and I'm so happy. Kind of a flavor fail. Like, uh, what is it? Arena Champion or what is it? What's the the card from Theros right now? So red one drop, uh, like hero of the uh, Arena Champion or something like that.
3: Arena Athlete.
2: Arena athlete, yeah. the fact that an arena athlete cannot beat a traveling philosopher in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> He's a human advisor. He's a philosopher.
3: He's not like a warrior or a soldier. He's just a like human. That seems weird.
2: So a uh, traveling philosopher is a human advisor. Wow. Wow. Well, I
3: never noticed Agent of Masks looks – she does not look happy. She's uh, She's got the grumpy cat face going on.
2: <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. I guess Arena Athlete can technically beat uh, Traveling Philosopher in a fight. But they both die. But uh, Travel Philosopher is actually bigger.
1: yeah. Because it's a two-two and traveling.
2: traveling
1: two,
3: the arena athlete dies in the it, that's its last fight in the arena. It's like it's fought these lions and all this stuff, and its life ends by fighting some <laughs> stupid philosopher. It's
2: like yeah, so it's like, we're throwing away this guy. I'm sure, you, you
0: you go free if you can defeat.
2: And the portcullis comes up. <laughs> a traveling philosopher. No. <laughs> it's like uh oh, and the guy's probably like, eh, this will
3: be easy. You know, this will be a joke. I mean, it's like they have this like tough fight, and they both end up killing
2: each other. This guy's just an advisor. What's he going to do? Advise me not to beat him up? <laughs> beat me up with his chalice? Right. You're going to take a. you going to going to going to hit me with some knowledge. What are you going to do? <laughs> some knowledge, Justin. Are you going to blow my mind with your philosophy? <laughs> are you going to like? Are you going to make me like think and reconsider my existence? Is that how you're going to beat me? That's how he wins the fight. Right, like, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe he makes everybody think too much, and he's like, "Yeah."
3: I guess it's a she in that art. <laughs> yeah, wow.
2: he's she. I don't know. I've never actually looked at the art long enough to know what it is.
3: I just I just look now, but yeah, it's
2: the only one I know who's a she is the one that taps the creatures with like two or less power that costs four.
3: Oh right, Warden. Whatever. Gal- I'm thinking Galma's Warden, but that sounds like some like bad Odyssey card or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what is that? But regardless. Ephemera's Warden. Yeah, Uh, that's a blue-white god. Uh, Yeah, whatever. Anyway. Oh, yeah, so um, the thing: did you see in in the thing I said, oh, oh, I have an idea in all caps? No. Oh, well, I typed, oh, oh, I have an idea
2: in all caps. Oh, sorry, I I was scrolled down just enough where that was the first column off my page.
3: (laughs) Nice. So I just thought of an idea. I don't know if this is going to be good or if this is just going to be terrible, and I just forget to cut it in post. What do you think are some honorary white cards? Like, you could say Jinx Choker is an honorary red card.
2: Right. You could say Ptarmoglaith is the best blue creature ever printed.
3: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Smokestack is an honorary black card. What would you say are some honorary white cards?
2: Ooh, I like this idea. Ooh, they we we should definitely keep this one for future one. Honorary white cards. I wish I knew about this ahead of time. I, so I
3: literally just thought of it. Like and I was like, that's why I was like,
1: oh, oh, I have an idea. I was Like, I don't want to forget this.
3: Uh-huh. Opposition's an honorary green card. Would you say that's right? Or an honorary simic card?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd buy
2: that. Okay. I, I I would buy that. Um Wow, honorary white card. The problem is, is since white doesn't have this like super Awesome Identity?
3: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I I, was thinking, I'm like, what? Now that I thought of it, I have no idea what to say.
2: (laughs) I feel like Bone Splitter is an honorary white card. Yeah. I find that I wind up with that card in my white decks more than any other color.
3: Yeah, especially since red creatures can
2: have short, short shelf lives. Exactly, because of the hasty nature of them, you know? Yeah. Um. So, so maybe Bone Splitter. I bet you, I bet you this is a really good answer. Would
3: you say Batterskull Would you say batter Skull is an honorary white or an honorary blue?
2: I would say honorary. Um, um, I guess it's an honorary. It's. I think it's definitely an honorary white card because let's be honest, you know. And as far as in terms of constructed, that guy is always in the white decks. Yeah, well, his, his BFF, batter, uh, Stoneforge, yeah, Stoneforge Mystic, right? And I mean, it, it does cost white mana to play him white and one. <laughs> yeah. Put your batter skull on the plane. Yeah. So, I guess that makes so uh, that's a good one. Yeah. And those are both equipment cards. I think that's yeah. interesting so far.
3: It feels like maybe a lot of pants. I, I say pants are very cuz they go with tokens and tokens go well with equipment. Like a lot of equipment could be maybe honorary white cards maybe. Maybe. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. It feels like equipment in general may lean more towards white. Yes, yeah.
2: I think equipment just leans towards white in general, because White has certainly had the most cards that interact with it. Um, I would even consider, uh, you know, as far as for the Modern Cube, and I, I, I mentioned it and I'm hoping people will bring it up, um, I think I'm very close to including uh, the white one mana White Instant to go, you know, the Enlightened Tutor for an equipment. Put it oh, in. yeah, Steel Shaper's Gift. A Steel Shaper's Gift. Yeah. I feel like, that, I mean, that, that's a card directly interacts with it. We had a creature that let you equip cheaper with it. We had a creature that let you equip at instant speed
3: oh, yeah. uh, Leonin and
2: Chikari. yeah yeah so we yeah. had we've had more I think white certainly has the most mentions of equipment so mm-hmm. but however, I feel like something like uh what's the the one that lets you say a mortar pod I feel like that's an honorary black card though
3: yeah, that's definitely a black card,
2: but I feel like uh the other you know. Swords are, you know, any any and all. But I think some of those other ones definitely would be honorary. I think that would be my pick for honorary white cards. I think the Bone Splitter and, and Battle Skull is probably the best answer.
3: Yeah. I'm looking through the rest of my cube just to see if I can find anything else that maybe matches. But, yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I, it's another one that I wish I thought of earlier and just typed it up in the notes so we could, like, mull it over?
2: Like, I, I would I would say maybe uh, some of the mana disruption cards, like maybe, like, Tanglewire Wire. But I, I still think I played that in too many other color decks. Yeah, to have it feel really just white. Yeah. Uh, Winter Orb. I yeah, Winter was, Orb,
3: uh, an honorary white card. Winter Orb, and yet yeah, it's a very historical connection as well.
2: So right, yeah, with Kismet.
3: Yeah. Well, it was just good in and the white uh, aggro decks anyway. Like that was
1: well, the that. Deck,
2: that too. would
3: that deck was my jam, like white weenie with like Geddon's and Winter Orb and. Uh, Swords of Plowshares and stuff like that. That was my favorite deck back in the day. Right. It probably still is.
2: Yeah, I can see that. And the prison decks, you know, the, uh, the three-piece lock, right? The uh, kismet. Winter, winter Orb, Kismet, and uh, uh, Icy Manipulator. Right? Oh, wow. Was that the three-piece prison lock? I think so. Because basically all their stuff came into play tapped. They could untap one thing, but then you just tap it. Yeah. And then on your turn, at the end of their turn, if you didn't, if you got to the point where you could do it, where you put, you know, you're just like, tap my winter orb so all my stuff untaps.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that rule. The uh, that the weird that weird weird
1: rule.
2: Yeah, we always referred to uh, the prison lock as marriage. <laughs> we uh, we used to joke around that you know if they just had. Icy Manipulator and uh, Winter Orb, that was like the soft lock, right? So that was just like getting married. Is that you had those two pieces? Mm-hmm. But as soon as you had kids, that was Kismet, and it was actually the full lock. <laughs> wow! Because you could, cause you could still get yourself out of you know the Icy Manipulator Winter Orb thing. Wow! Because you could still play your lands, you know, I mean, and use them for mana.
3: Oh
0: dear!
2: So
3: that's for some reason that's also making me think of that that John Depth deck. In Legacy. Yeah, that one that just won the Open. Yeah, that deck was beautiful. That deck is just beautiful.
2: Yeah, that deck was sweet. I was watching I didn't look at the list, and I was watching it. And I'm like, all right, yeah, this deck seems interesting. And then he goes ahead, and he uh, dredges, and Tabernacle hits his yard. And I'm like, oh, God.
1: Yeah, that was his
3: last dredge. He was like, something, oh. something. And then he had like the guy had like a, del- a flip Delver and a Delver, or insect elaboration and a Delver, and no lands. And he was That's like... Right. Go to dredge and it's like brick brick Tabernacle. I was like, God. yeah, I was like oof, and I had to like sleep early for work and was like, no way, I got to see this. Yeah, oof, this is ending quickly, <laughs> so
1: bad.
3: That I I wish there were more decks like that in Cube. Although maybe I'm just a very bad person.
1: Uh, I mean, it could,
3: it
2: both could be true. <laughs> A little bit of A, a little bit of B. A little bit of both. A we'll little bit All right. Well, let's. Uh, the top five. Yeah, let's go to our top five list here. So uh, we, much like last time, we each picked our uh, picked our our favorite five cards. Not necessarily the best five cards. Just favorites. Um, but just our our favorites, and they're, while they're certainly going to be good, uh, I think uh, they're just going to be our favorites, or or you know, cards we want to make an excuse to talk about. Basically. That's true. So. So uh should I go first or you go first? Uh doesn't matter. Up to you. Would you like to uh give or receive? I will I will pass it to you. All right. Well my first one that I want to mention and only because I was recently talking about it in my uh, modern cube article, is uh <clears throat> excuse me. Let me uh because for whatever reason I, I have the inability to uh talk about magic cards and remember the name of them. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Uh, my first number five is going to be Hikori Dust Drinker. Ooh,
1: yeah, I know you're since a fan of that just, one.
2: Since we were just talking about Winter Orb, and uh, Hikori Dust Drinker is one of those cards that uh, provides, you know, double duty. It's giving you a Winter Orb effect, and it's giving you a body to attack with. Um, it's one of those things that uh, a lot of people kind of poo-poo. But it's a, one of those necessary components we talked about, you know, needing mana disruption. And it's one of the few mana disruption white cards at all, really, in the modern, you know, the modern esque format that I've constructed for this cube. Yeah. So, uh, and it's a card that I don't think enough people play in their regular cubes that they say, oh, I played it, just dies to everything, and blah, blah. But, you know, if they don't have the spell,
3: they're in trouble.
2: They're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So for me, number five, Hikori Dust
3: I like it. I like it. That's pretty cool. So, my number five. Um, it might be a tie. Maybe this is an excuse. Cause I'm, excuse to mention more cards. Excuse to mention more cards. Yeah. So, yeah, let's do that. So, it's a tie between a Johnny Goldmane okay. and Restoration Angel. All right. So, two four-drops. Two four-drops. And, yeah, I guess they both kind of represent that form that nice sweet spot. And they both... I mean, Resto works in a lot a lot more decks. Like, that's just a universally playable card. But just the sure. effect, I think Adani Goldbane is probably the best Anthem, I would say. Wait, is, that, is that right?
2: Um, Best Anthem for aggressive decks, certainly. Okay. Because, I mean, Elish Norn is just actually the best Anthem.
3: That's true, yeah.
2: But uh, it could certainly, I, I could see an argument for it being the best Anthem among aggressive decks.
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and the fact that like, if you get two counters, like if you go plus a minus and then minus like again, is just like, well, you're not killing these things ever. And his minus ability isn't isn't embarrassing either. Or it's a plus ability, not best, but you know it does something better than Frosca's plus one.
2: Right. No, there are certainly times where you just like play it because it, sometimes you just need you know need a couple extra life. But there are very few it's very difficult to lose if you curve out against another creature deck and then you start minus one wanting a Johnny Goldmane. Yeah. Like when your creatures get to play offense and defense and they're getting bigger every turn, yep. yeah. Good luck.
3: The vigilance is so good too. It's just like, well, okay. I guess I'm gonna
2: <laughs> Right, I guess, uh, hmm, hmm, hmm Okay.
3: So my Span Alliance, that's a uh that's a four that's a four three now. It's a three two? <laughs> no it's a four three.
2: Right. It's like okay. All you know, right, it plays offense, and he's so I can't attack. Her. Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a big fan, and Resto Angel just is a nice kind of card that just works well with most white decks, and just being able to blink so many things, and play being a very synergistic and just a very intrinsically powerful card. It's a it's a very nice card. I'm a mm-hmm. big fan. All right. Cool. All right. So that was yeah. That was that was mine.
2: All right, so my number four is a card, is uh, another member of the Sicko four-drop family. Nice. Oh, it's funny, we've, we've mentioned all four-drops already, because Hikori is also a four-drop. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh,
2: is another member of the, the Sicko four-drop family, and it's a card that I think is easily understood by a lot of people. Um, and it's also a card that fits in any type of white deck. Uh, It's a card that people aren't really used to. It's a card people who have been been drafting this Motocube may never have seen until now, but that card is Parallax Wave.
3: Yeah, Parallax Wave. I used to not be as big of a fan of, but I've come around to it because that card's dumb. Yeah,
2: Parallax Wave is, uh, you know, as an aggressive deck, it gets blockers out of the way. Uh, As a mid-range deck, it can, you know, save your own guys, get blockers out of the way, uh, you can play some, um, you know, blink shenanigans with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can, if you're a mid-range deck, you can remove your creatures, all your creatures, and then, you know, Akroma's Vengeance. Or you can remove all your creatures and then Wrath, you know, to the point where their creatures die and yours don't. Um, Akroma's Vengeance is the biggest beating, of course. Um, oh, wow, yeah. I, I've done it before where it's like turn five, put it into play, you know, make some blocks, then remove all my creatures. They play like a follow up threat, and then the next turn, you know, it's like uh, Chroma's Vengeance. <laughs> blow up all your things. Blow up my. Oh, I guess I'll blow up this. Uh, hey, look, all my things are back. <laughs> I, I've done that play before. Nice. Um, and it's also, you know, Chrome's Vengeance is one of my is one of my favorite sweepers and another card that I, that I won't mention in my top five list, spoiler alert, but I, I think it's often overlooked card. People wind up liking cards like uh, Awkward Command better. But, you know, sometimes you really just need to blow everything up. Yep. And if you don't need it, you cycle it. Yeah, sometimes you just need to get rid of it and cycle it. Right, and you're not stuck with it. You know, you're just like, eh, all right, see ya. I love cycling. Uh, so, so for me, and then as if you're a control deck, I mean, you, you get to, you know, use it. You get to save your finishers you get to lock down you know uh, a couple of big attackers for a turn until you get a chance to draw the wrath, because it's not like their guys come back with haste unless they come standard with it um so you it can just buy you a lot of uh buy you a lot of turns as well so
3: it's just so yeah so flexible I just yeah I've I first kind of dismissed it just because like fours are really stacked but it turns out it's still a good one
2: so for me parallax wave
3: yep that's a good one so my number four. It's actually a card I talked about last time, Unexpectedly Absent. <laughs> oh yeah, Unexpectedly
2: Absent,
0: sure.
3: So I guess I could probably say it just the same thing. It's just very versatile. Super underrated, I find people just tend yeah not super underrated, but like at least in like Moto Cube, people just pass that thing all day and I'm just like, okay, free, free card that's dumb. Sure. <laughs> just very flexible. You know, another one of these very nice plays well with just about any white deck kind of card. Just just so good and so absurd
2: well and you can you can be tricky with it too right
3: yeah you can be like oh i'm in a survival like i actually had that happen somebody like went to survival for a guy and i was like unexpectedly absent your sword of feast and famine that's killing me <laughs> it's right. back in your library
2: right it's much like if you're a legacy player it's the submerger ptarmoglyph in response to <clears throat> Uh, a, a fetch land or a uh, knight of reliquary activation or, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that. So you, you get to be a little tricky with it, and uh, it does do do things like, you know, like we said, come at me, bro. Uh-uh. Yeah. I'll come at you. Yeah, I'll come at you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you, bro.
3: And it's a very cheap. It's like double white just to tuck something, even just on top. Like, that's fine a lot of the time. Just instant speed tuck any non-land for two mana is usually very good. And then, if you're able to tuck it down even further, like if it's. There was one time I was playing versus somebody, uh, it was kind of a Bant deck, and he had an Elspeth, and it was kind of like big Elspeth, and it was kind of like owning me. So I was like, EOT, unexpectedly absent it, and then tuck it like four cards deep. Eventually, I was able to handle the soldiers, and then got a decent board position. I think I got like a 3 3 or something, like an elephant or something, and then Catastrophe on Lands. Yeah, he could that Elspeth. He then he then drew. He could not cast it and then died.
2: No, no, sir. So no, I was because
3: like, I was thinking about it, like, oh wow, that's just mean. It was actually right. the, it was actually the guy who recognized me, who was oh, like nice. who I was being nice to, and I was like, well, you're not going to like me to <laughs> right, right.
1: now.
2: <laughs> so, and, and you know the nice thing about it too is that the X is the number of cards deep it is, and not like the converted. It's not like repeal, yeah. right? Where you have to like have that much mana to get rid of an expensive permanent. No, it it it, it gets out of the way, it, even the most expensive of permanents.
3: Yeah, like, I'm going to cheat this swarm coil in the play. It's like, all right, it's going back on top. Right. Do it
2: later. Well, well, on the bright side, right, exactly. Here, you can put it one from the top and maybe get it back in a couple of turns. Maybe you'll be dead by then. Mm-hmm. Or I'll find some other way to deal with it by then. I mean, I have so. to, you have to cast it the fairway. Right, gonna, exactly. I'm
3: just not don't, don't channel this thing out. Come on. On this.
2: Right, exactly. They're like, hey, I'm gonna put this cheat this thing into play. You're like, sweet, put it on the top of your deck. Nice missed draw. Yeah, now you <laughs> you just got grip tied, it's fun. Right, right. <laughs> and you can't cast that guy, so yeah. nice nice mulligan.
3: It's a big I'm a big fan of that card. I'm I'm a little surprised it hasn't really taken off in legacy.
2: But that's because it only has really has one home. Yeah. I, I think is the big thing, but uh the problem is is that like, you know, uh, legacy is such a mana choked format for the most part, and there's not very many decks that get, you know, reliably multiple white mana in play at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So, obviously one for sure. And then I think, you know, it, it, it might perhaps see home in a uh in a uh, miracle stack or something like that if that deck ever comes back.
3: Yeah, I was about, I was actually just thinking that. Whatever happened to miracles? Uh not good enough.
2: Very good. <laughs> not, uh, not not good enough. Uh, it, you know, it's it started ever since uh, Abrupt Decay was printed, where you can actually get rid of people's uh, counterbalances.
3: Counterbalances,
1: yeah.
2: Okay. Um, it, it, that's that was kind of the the first foot in its in its grave. I mean, that's you know certainly still fine, but uh, you know, the format sped up a little bit. Um, and I I just think it's you know it, it maybe it's time for a return, but you know, the legacy kind of cycles, and you know, decks, you know, the cards are printed, so it chases some decks out of the format. I mean, much like the Storm deck, kind of where the Storm deck sits, is there comes a point where the format gets too fair.
1: Yeah, and then it, then it just time, comes like, out of nowhere. unfair
2: deck to come back, and then people have to kind of re-hate it out of the format. But then the other decks that hate the combo decks out of the format, you know, there are the decks that prey on the hate decks, and then it comes kind of, you know.
1: Yeah, it's like with,
2: uh,
3: like, does that happen with, like, Dredge, too?
2: Yep, Absolutely. Used to happen with affinity, like in extended or in older formats too. That just when you just when you forget about it and nobody plays hate for it anymore, it comes back and crushes.
3: <laughs> so. It's like, oh, no inkings, grudge, huh? Time to kill you.
2: Right, no, no mass artifact sweepers, huh? Yeah. <laughs> right, no graveyard hate, huh? Yeah. Oh well, dread you, bro. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so certainly that's uh, an issue. All right, uh, my number three. Is uh, one of my one of my favorite creatures, uh, uh, one that's much maligned by many people um, who find this card to be too mana intensive, but I've played way too many games where this card by itself uh, finishes an opponent off with hardly any help, and uh, that would be eight and a half tails.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that card. Eight and a,
2: eight and a half tails is my number three. Uh, it, it's a non embarrassing body. It's a two two for the feigned white white mana cost. Um, so it's certainly passable as an attacking creature early on, uh, if not the greatest. But the real value comes is when you get into that late game press, uh, or that mid to late game press, uh, when you get to, you know, turn five and past, and you need to squeeze those last few points of damage in, uh, or even, you know, the, anywhere from turn five on, and you're like, well, I only need to find a way to deal them, you know, like four more damage. But they have all these walls, and they have, you know, they have this wall, or they have this, kaigo or whatever and I, I can't swing through it. It's like, oh Good that guy's white. Yeah. This is pro white. hmm Come and get you or, you know, God forbid they actually play things that are white. <laughs> yeah. So uh my I, I think my not that this is cube related, but I think my favorite trick back in the day was during Kamagawa block uh PTQs when people would attack you with hand of cruelty was always <laughs> <laughs> jitta attached. And you're like It is white. Yep. Oops. And it's getting, it's going away. And it falls off. So
1: yeah.
2: uh, For me, eight point five tails is uh, is is one of my favorite white creatures, just because of the impact it has uh, when you do have. It's one of the few white creatures at that mana cost. Actually, probably one of the few creatures in, in the game. Uh, in cubes or whatever, that it, that mana cost can have that big of an effect and that much reach in the late game. Uh, other ones that come to mind are like Cargan Dragonlord, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, card, like some of the level up cards that you can
1: yeah Carl turn Elm. into
2: in, into very large problems, you know, very quickly. Yeah, uh, Lighthouse Chronologist mm-hmm. or things like that. So
3: yeah, it was. I think it was a card that I initially kind of wasn't too happy with. Or it was kind of, I think I may have bought into the talking points, like, it's too mana intensive. But a big thing with that card is just the threat of activation. That's probably, uh, I don't know if that's a martial select cliffism, or if that's just a term.
2: Well, no, because, I mean, do you really want to, unless you have multiple removal spells in hand where you can overload the ability, do you ever really want to cast your spells?
3: Yeah, like, I'm going to go, uh, it's like, I'm going to attack, I'm going to attack with this guy. Oh, I can doom, but, bla- Oh. Okay, I'm gonna do this. It's like, no, nope, can't do that. It's Like, oh, right. like you don't necessarily have to spend the mana to do it, but is this the threat of being able to do so? But I think it's. A, I think it's actually like its body is fine. It attacks for two, which is what you want to do anyway. Like, you don't need like I definitely like its better ability, better than the ability on like knights, like like knight of grain or whatever, or like lone missionary or whatever. Like, game four, like it seems like a lot of those other cards have kind of just kind of meh abilities are kind of okay. Like, uh, Life Link and First Strike, it's like, that's fine. Like, it can matter. But it feels like having that guy with open mana is pretty sweet.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're right. That threat of activation, that uh, looming over the game, uh, it forces people, when it hits play, it forces people to play differently. Mm-hmm. And I think there's certainly value in that. Yeah. So, so for number, for me, number three, I could have, I could have put it higher, but I I think number three is kind of, is kind of where it's at. So number three for me, eight and a half tails, also known as 8.5
3: tails. 8.5 tails, yeah. I had a friend, uh, donate it to my Cuba foil and Shout outs to Mr. Ryan deal for donating it to my Cuba. He's like, Hey, uh, I'm going to donate this to your cube. He usually comes to the cube nights on Tuesday, so he's like, nice. hey, I'm going to donate this to you. I'm like, dude, dude, that's awesome. Sweet, thanks. So that was pretty cool. Uh, my number three is, I think, a card I just mentioned that people apparently forgot about in Moto Cube. <laughs> it's the Knight Errant. Ah, yes. Because that card's absurd.
2: <laughs> yes, because the card is actually absurd.
3: I don't know how much else I can really say about that card. It's like, it's jump kick ability – It's one of those things I think we have talked about with finishers, kind of like with uh, Etherling, where it can just close out the game super fast. Yes. And, like, that, like, Elspeth just closes out the game so fast. And it can plus one, too, which is so good. Like, there was a Wildfire deck I recently drafted, and, you know, it was kind of a dirtily deck. And, like, a good number of times I would win is just, like, get Elspeth, and, like, all right, I need to win the game. I can't just dirtle around with my planeswalkers and these idiots that are doing nothing. Alright. To the air.
2: To the air okay. again. All right, so it's like Angelic Blessing bash you. Angelic Blessing bash you. Like, and I think that's why a lot of people were not really like were
3: kind of ho-hum on the card at first. They're like, Angelic Blessing sucks. Why do I want this on a card? Well, as it turns out, when it's Angelic Blessing, it's a split card. Angelic Blessing slash
2: an Outpost for free. That's pretty good. Right. Hey guys, if you remember, Angelic Blessing costs three mana.
3: Yeah. Yeah, this card costs... Yeah, this is my, yeah, and it's pretty much, I think it's the modern equivalent of Dude Ranch.
2: Right. And the fact that they're both plus ones. Yeah. It's great. And, it's, and like eventually you're just like, you know, you hit that tension where your opponent's like, well, do I try to kill? I don't know if I can kill them in time through this constant stream of blockers, or do I attack Elspeth because if they make everything indestructible forever... I don't think I can possibly win.
3: Yeah, I literally can't attack through this,
1: so I got to do so, it now. So, or... so what
2: am I going right? What am I going to do? And then, oops, you actually just bought them a bunch of extra turns where they didn't have anything in their hand,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and well, now they do have something, and now you're dead because you took the wrong plan. Mm-hmm. I remember very specifically in a in a fairies v, ifkin matchup that I was playing in, in you know in a, uh, in a standard event once, I, I spent like a turn attacking Elspeth, and then afterwards I'm like, wait, what am I doing? Huh. Just going to kill him instead, like, and like wound up winning the game. So just like, man, it's such a an attractive thing to try to do, is to try to make it so they can't, uh, <clears throat> so they can't get that emblem because he you had know, the emblem's unbeatable. And then I realized it was just like,
3: it doesn't matter.
2: I, I just I actually just don't think I care yeah. about about that because I have a bunch of flying creatures. I'm just going to kill them eventually, like, sure instead of trying to fight this game. So, yeah. The old old focus on what matters. Yeah, exactly. And I think in my, uh, I think I ranked Elspeth number two in my uh, Magic Box Planeswalker rankings. I think I had Elspeth number two.
1: I can see that, yeah.
3: I forget what, I forget how I ranked mine, but it was pretty up there. It was either number two or number three. I think it was, actually, I think it was number two. Vengeant was probably number three.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, sweet one. All right, what's, uh... My my number two is also a tie. Oh, I like it. However, the cards do the exact same thing. Source of Pontiacs, Path (laughs) Dex, Armageddon Ravages of War. Oh, yeah? Yeah? There's a a deep, dark, down, fun police side of me that really loves blowing up all the lands. Uh, You know, in in my earlier story about not taking the ravages over a sword, yes, the sword is certainly a more fun card, but. I really like blowing up all the lands. There's a there's a part of me that is, is definitely sad that Armageddon is not a real card in Legacy. Yeah. That card was such a you know staple for such a long time, and it's a an effect that we just don't see now. Yeah. This type of effect has completely worked itself out of the game. Um, you know, there's no more blowing up all the lands. Uh, there's no more even picking up all the lands.
3: Yeah, there's no upheaval. Yeah. yeah. And all That's of the fair. all of the mass bounce. Makes lands an exception, right? Like Cataract Leviathan
2: or um, Cyclonic Rift. Cyclonic Rift, yep. No, like it's just no, no. The, the lands are very even. Abrupt Decay is you know non-land. Yeah, you know, lots are non-land, non-land, non-land. And uh Armageddon's one of the few things that says, oh uh, no, actually the lands, all of them. Yeah, they're all dead. Get uh, get effed. Yeah, that card so. is just dumb. Like I've heard
3: people say, like, eh, they might have some at four already. It's like so. Like
2: it doesn't matter. You're... It's a game-winning card by itself. Yeah. The thing is, it's even a game-winning card in the mid-range and the control decks too.
1: I think there was. I think the it was control actually... decks are
2: not going to be cast Armageddon too much. But if you get to a point where you're stable, if you're you know stabilized on board, and then you blow up all the lands, guess who's not winning?
1: <laughs> the other person. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. You know, if you're ahead on board, you're like, well, they have a they have you know this measly like three three that they played but I have, you know, oh, I don't know, a Chroma. Yep. Yeah, we don't need these lands anymore. We're good. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, they're not going to possibly do anything. So Yeah. Uh, while, while not very exciting and not very nice for me, number two, Armageddon, the Ravages War. I like it. I like
3: it. So my number two, uh, I'm guessing it's your number one. It's
2: um, Stone
3: Mystic, Domestic, a card that you want me over on.
2: Stoneforge Mystic, my number one, of course.
3: Know. <laughs> Again, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, that card if is... If
2: there were any doubt.
3: Yeah. At first, I thought it was going to be, like, Swords of Plowshares or Path or something, but, yeah, Stoneforge is so stupid. Like, yeah. I remember at first being like, well, maybe I don't have enough equipment for it. I'm like, well, I do.
2: It's just a squire. Yeah, it's just a squire. Uh, uh, As it turns out, nope. <laughs> As it turns out, the card's actually absurd. Yeah. Someone here made, you know, uh, one of the best specs of their lives on it, pushed all the way in. Nice. I I took, uh, you know, a little uh, little superior sniff there. Nice. That, uh, you know, went ahead and and pushed all in on it. As soon as I saw that uh, there was going to be a sword in the From the Vault relic set, I said, they're printing all the swords in the next block and proceed from that day to acquire as many Stoneforge, 2 to $3 Stoneforge Mystics I could uh, every single time I traded, just always, and I it's a card I ask people about, you know, do you have any of this card? Do you have any of this card? It's just, you know, constantly push, 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 push. Do you have any of this card? Do you have any of this card? Like red? Uh, yep. And uh, it pushed up to about 35 or 36 of them at some point. And then the dam broke, and... Uh, Managed to trade them all away. The, the worst trade I made was trading uh, four of them away at the time when there was a $10 card for a uh, Vengevine, a $40 Vengevine. Hmm. However, I, I used that Vengevine to, to top eight one of the Star City Opens. Oh, yeah, Soon with the uh, Survival deck? Stupid Survival deck. Yeah. Um, so certainly made my money back in that trade anyway. Uh, pushed them all. I traded away... My very last Stoneforge Mystic at the open weekend when they announced the that day um, they announced over, well if it was that Friday or it was the following Monday uh, whatever day they, they used to make announcements that Stoneforge Mystic would now be in a preconstructed deck. Oh, I had uh, or in an event deck. Yeah, um, I traded away my S one just ahead of that news, so managed to get uh, a twenty five dollar price tag, which is what it was at the time. Got rid of them. They went way down, and at that point, all I had left were my five foil copies.
1: Nice. And
2: uh, picked up a couple since then when they were real low, just as thrones and trades, and now we're back up on top of the game again.
3: Yeah, now they're like—I just checked—the median is twenty-seven fifty.
2: Yeah, the uh, you'll you'll at high retail sites you'll find them as high as thirty-five. Yeah. Um, as a uh, a quick advertisement here too, because I found their service to be quite good a uh, so website is uh, mtgprice.com. Hmm. They, uh, they have very quick with a like a fair trade uh, price that they do an aggregate of a bunch of different websites um, and tell you uh, what a fair uh, trade price for your card would be. So what they do is – and then they also track them. They track uh, price trends. Uh, so, for example, I'm looking up Stone Forge Mystic right now. Um, And the sites that they use are eBay, Amazon, ABU Games, uh, TCG Player, CCG House, Hot Sauce Game, Super uh, super Games, Troll and Toad, Channel Fireball, and Strike Zone. And they do an aggregate of all of them, and they give you basically, uh, you know, show you what the spread is, show you the price history of it, and they give you a fair trade price, which at the time of me typing this uh, is $32.81. Wow. So, uh, currently eBay is $21 a piece, TCG player low, about $23 a piece. Um, All the major websites are either $30 or $35. Did
3: it go back up because of, like, the true name decks?
2: Yeah, well, it's just one of those things where, you know, Magic Finance now does this thing where all of a sudden people remember that cards are good. (laughs) And then they shoot through the roof. Wow. And uh, we, we've just seen that with a few other cards that just had recently had a lot of movement. But people were finally like, "Oh wait, Stoneforge Mystic probably shouldn't only be fifteen dollars." I mean, I, I'm showing the price spike happened just about the first of the year. Uh, before that, the average price um, in t- 2013, the highest price um, at a retailer was about eighteen dollars a piece. Hmm. Uh, I'm showing here. A strike Zone was a 15, 15, 14, 14. Uh, Troll and Toad 13.99 as of December 31st. Wow. So this is just, you know, we're talking two weeks ago. You could have had these cards, and people just realized and they're like, oh wait, it's literally in every single X Blade deck, mm-hmm. in the Legacy, and with how popular like the blue, white, red Delver decks are, and all. I mean, literally, it just sees playing all those decks, and people are like. This card probably shouldn't be this cheap. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there you go. Wow. Number two. Uh, I don't know what more. I mean, shoot. Even my Twitter icon is when I first joined Twitter is Stoneforge Mystic. That's true. And uh, I think that was at a time when I was championing it, and then not many people were uh, were super on board yet. I think I decided to to make it my icon to to help push it. Like, hey, this card's good. Yeah. Hey, by the way. Those cards are really dumb. Because you know what's better than one? uh I shit in your deck? That'd
3: two. be that'd be two. <laughs> two.
2: So uh... yeah, I don't know what much much more to say about that. I think everybody's got the memo now. But I do want to hear what your number one is here before we finish up
1: uh, um,
2: for the evening. So, so I, uh, just, uh, I, something here. What's better than Stoneforge Mystic?
3: At first, I was thinking maybe like the uh the dual package of like Stone. Uh, Source of Plowshares Path to Exile, because they're super efficient at what they do. Like, I guess there's Snuff Out, which does the same job, but it's not as good. Mm-hmm. However, I may have a bit of nostalgia for the card, but it's also just really super efficient
2: mana-wise.
3: That card would be balanced.
2: Ah, yes, another card that people don't understand. Yeah.
3: Very well. They're like, how do I break the symmetry? It's like, um, play play magic. You'll get behind. Then you crush them. Then you're ahead. <laughs> or you play artifacts and planeswalkers. Right. Then you then you um. It's like, oh no, I had nothing in my hand. Uh oh. All I have are mana rocks and Elspeth. Oh darn. What do I do now? Oh, you have to discard everything. We have to be on equal footing. I'm sorry. I just have to balance the game out. You know right. I mean?
2: Luckily, this card was printed way before Planeswalkers were even a twinkle in their daddy's eye.
3: Yep. Unfortunately, it it was kind of the same way, but in a bad way with Cataclysm. Right. Because you can't do, like, keep everything but a Planeswalker, or, you know, keep everything and a Planeswalker. It's like, oh, I'll no, use that, too.
2: sacrifice like, all the things.
3: God, it's like, oh, that's no good. But, yeah, I just am a big fan of it. It's, um... One of my favorite cards from back in the day, you know, from from when I was when I was a, a younger, sure, a younger person. But yeah, it's just such a really, just so good at what it does. It just the if they were to co- make it now, I have no idea how much they would make it cost. Like, was there a balancing act in Odyssey?
2: Bal- balancing act,
3: correct. What exactly did that do? Like, I remember looking at it and being like, what does this card actually do?
2: Okay, so. It was a four-mana balance, Uh, but basically what we did is each player – I'll read you the Oracle text. Each player chooses a number of permanents he or she controls equal to the number of permanents controlled by the player who controls the fewest and then sacrifices the rest.
3: Okay, so each player, you go down to the lowest number of total permanents.
2: Lowest number of total permanents. So what you would do is you would play all these lands, you know, those uh, invasion sack lands. Yeah. That you would sack for two mana. So you basically reduce the number of the permanents you have in play to a low, if not zero number, Mm -hmm. uh, balancing act, and then proceed to play some sort of, you know, some decks played Mongeese. <laughs> nice afterwards of uh, of either the blurred or uh, nimble nimble type. Where basically it's just like you know un undealables. Wow. Um, I, I want to say there was a a better thing to do with it than that. Um, <clears throat> but that's uh certainly a way to uh, to abuse people. <laughs> so. Let me, uh, let me see. I found a, uh, a top eight deck here from Singapore in 2007 thousand seven. Let's of uh, a Balancing Act deck. And let me uh, see if I can tell you about it here. So uh, this was the uh, – well, I'm sure you remember this. You remember Balancing Tings. That was mm-hmm. the name of the deck. Yeah. Uh, so Balancing Tings played basically a, uh, all the Sacklands, so just the, the full amount, um, including uh, Archaeological Dig. Ah, nice. And uh, a single Vesuva. Uh, its creatures were uh, two Angurid Brushhopper and two Terravores. Oh, wow. So you can blink the frog. Um, so you can blink the frog and kind of get it out of the way. Uh, and the spells were Balancing Act, Chromatic Star, Fire Ice, Insidious Dreams, Lotus Bloom, Obliterate, uh, Orms Chant, Quicken, one Sensi's Div- Dividing Top, and a, ter- and a set of Terrarians. So basically, a lot of stuff you can sacrifice to make your mana get out ahead super fast. Balancing act, make sure there's no permanence, and then play your boom booms. Wow! So this was uh, Olivier Ruel's deck. Oh wow! So, yeah, balancing things was the uh, the big deck. Here's a uh, uh, there's a uh, uh, Asian player who had a similar deck. Um, he played one Draco <laughs> and and four Teravores. Uh, uh, also played an erratic explosion, so he was playing a, the erratic explosion Draco interaction.
0: Wow,
2: uh, um, <laughs> with a he's uh, divining top. Uh, also playing Remans. So, huh. yep. Well, so re- ba- and- balancing things, but still not as good as balance. Not as good as balance. Yeah. I mean, wow. now I, I imagine for a second back in the days of, of standard when uh, or magic in general when uh, you could play four balance in your deck. Mm-hmm. Which I did. Frightening. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yes, it was.
2: Frightening. <laughs> so Yeah. It was pretty, pretty pretty broken. Nice. That's a very good list. And I think our our lists were pretty different, too. Yeah. I feel
3: like I probably should have put yes. Swords to Plowshares. Maybe I probably should have put Swords to Plowshares as my... Or maybe, like, Path as my number five. But, yeah, I think it... I don't know. For cool.
2: I love, a, I love a swords of the Polish arrows. You know, for me, you know, if I had to pick some uh, uh, honorary mentions, uh, I think you know, Swords and Path are are definitely up there. For you know, I I just really enjoy the cards. I remember
3: uh, back in the day, um, someone who who used to advise me on cube and no longer does, um, mainly because his advice wasn't very good and B kind of fell off the face of the earth, but. He was trying to convince me that Path to Exile was bad because it was, quote-unquote, like a, like, a, it was, like, Utopia Val. Do you remember that card? Yeah, I remember Utopia Val. It was, like, turns a, it was one in a green and turns a, essentially it turns a creature. It turns into a, a Utopia
2: Tree. tree yeah, right? he was like,
3: this card sucks, It's it just does that, it's not very good, and I'm just like, no, I don't know, that, that sounds wrong. No. And then, as it turns out, yeah, that card's actually good, and he was... He was completely wrong. No. <laughs> yeah. No.
2: No. So yeah, so, uh, Swords of Plowshares is uh is is definitely one of those also rands for me. Uh, I also really you know f- for personal reasons uh well, another also rand for me Mother of Runes. Mother oh of Runes. yeah, Mother of Runes. Wow. Uh, I I just felt that I felt like I didn't need to mention that one, or maybe I needed to mention some of the other ones, but Mother of Runes is definitely right there. And uh, personally, I uh, I run Mystic Crusader in mine because it uh, won me a trip to Hawaii for the first Hawaii Pro Tour.
1: Nice, so, nice.
2: So uh, and it's non-embarrassing. So how was uh, how was Hawaii? Delightful. Nice, as, as nice. delightful as you would imagine. So had a great time. You know, it's always it's always nice when someone pays for your trip to go to Hawaii. That's true. So uh, tournaments, you know, likely could have gone a little bit better, um, but I had a good time. You know, I think I fi- I finished four four on day one, which you had to finish 5 three to move on to day two but had yeah. kind of a rough start had a kept a hand where like a, I'm on it's a all I needed to do was draw a single forest of any type mm-hmm. and it just would have been in a completely absurd hand and just never wound up drawing a forest uh-huh. uh, in game three yeah I had something like a, against a slower deck I had like a uh, a, a deck work against which Kurt ape is very good and I had a lot of single green spells you know my hand and I, I'll, you know, a, a certain amount of force in my deck, and including I think I might have had a, a magma jet in there at the time to hmm. like ways to look for green and they, I don't know. It, it was a very good, it was a very good hand. There's no way I could mulligan it. Would a, and you know all I had to do was draw a green source and uh, instead we died. It's like so, nope. And I wound up in the wound up in the lost bracket and actually wound up playing against. that was uh, Apollo Vitor's coming out. Event, jeez, and his deck was basically specifically engineered to be the red green decks. Ew. So he crushed me, jeez, and he's playing like a black white deck, and that was very good against mine. And you know, even when I was playing four and five 5s he was just very easily dealing with them. And it's like, well, this sucks. Wow, boo, yep. But you know, it was it was a good time. I obviously, can uh, can't complain too much. It's about the old uh, pro tour in Hawaii where you also get to witness the uh the Craig Jones Lightning Helix and
3: Oh wow, yeah. Oh, that is that the one where the Heasy Street deck broke out?
2: Yep. Yep. Ah. yep. That was the that uh Zoo deck or whatever that that they were playing with uh yeah, good time. Wow. That's pretty awesome of course. Got to eat some fresh pineapple, which is nothing like the pineapple you'll get here. Yeah. So Nice. Very nice, very nice, very nice. So, lightning helix, oh my god, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the entire venue just erupted. I mean, it was crazy. Wow. I mean, literally everybody was just screaming when he flipped that lightning helix. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> kind that of, works.
2: kind of, kind of, kind of great to be a part of something like that where everybody's so emotional and, and, and caught up in you know something that everybody enjoys. So,
3: that's pretty much was like his outer. It was like, I got yeah. to play to this, or I'm done.
2: Right, had to play, had to play to it. So yeah,
3: yeah, that's pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, it was a good time, like I said.
3: One quick thing before I forget, because I was looking through my binder. Do you want to talk about cards? White cards that kind of disappointed. And I only really say that because I looked at Scepter of Dominance, the white icy manipulator.
2: Yeah, I liked it for a while, but it's just kind of like, eh.
3: It was way too mana intensive,
2: like requiring white mana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, I was. I was fine with it because even you know if you have two, if you have. T- to cast it, you certainly have one to spend on it yeah but uh it certainly wasn't as good as it seemed like it was gonna be um
3: I feel like I want to try it one more time but yeah just oof.
2: well if you're if white devotion ever becomes a, a thing hey. that would certainly be something you could you could look towards
3: well we are getting multicolor uh, gods in
2: the next set. Right, and who knows how they're going to be templated. Well, so. apparently the way they're templated
3: is... So they're going to be two-color, like, you know, Xenagos, red-green, and whatever. And it triggers if you have seven of the, of the two colors combined. Oh, okay. And I guess it has two, so you just need to get five more. Gotcha. So that... I don't know. That, that could be a thing. And they, yeah, I think they see. don't have a static ability, but they have a triggered ability, and they can turn into... Gotcha. So that could be interesting, like... I'm really hoping Mogus is insane, the red-black one. So, Mogus, is, I don't think it really matters, but, you know, Mogus is the red-black one. He's like a minotaur. Sure. Karametra is the white-green one, and that thing would have to be inserted. No, <laughs> it would have to be insane to uh, crack it into Q. White-blue, uh, whatever, Ephemera. I don't know how competition's there. Xenagos, I don't know. I would assume it would be not terrible. Cause it's being pushed to, like a major story thing. Sure. And I forget what the other one is. Black blue. I don't know some dude.
2: All right. I I have a disappointment in white. All right. Uh, Maceius the Lunark.
3: I was actually looking through my cards, and I was going to ask you, what do you think of that card? Uh
2: yeah, never never quite did enough for me.
3: Yeah. So. It's just quite mana intensive.
2: <clears throat> well, it's it's just always just pick behind the curve. Yeah. I feel like, and uh, and then that's my big problem with it, is always just, like, I always needed it to be, like, a 1-1, one, one, and then you can put counters on it. Yeah. You know what I mean, or, or whatever, like... You could play it at
3: 2 and then, like, ride the wave, but it's really slow when you do, because, like, you, right. you play it for 2 mana and you get a 1-1, one, one, then you take it to get up, and then you take it to get back down, and you pretty much just have to ride the wave.
2: Right, like, if it had haste or something, maybe. Like, yeah. Maybe if you have a... Hammer in play, you know, might be better, but that that card disappointed me uh a, a little bit, uh, for sure. Yeah. That I, I certainly wanted it to be better.
3: I think I ordered one recently, a commander one. And then but it, it's it's kinda of, it was cheap and I I'm giving it it's kinda of one of those things where it's again one of those last hurrah cards where it's like, Well I wanna give this another shot. Mm-hmm. And it's cheap, so I'll get a commander one. See how. Sure. Make it look pretty. If it's going to die, it's going to have a it's going to die with its boots on.
2: Right. But yeah. And uh I and just quickly since we mentioned that aspect of it, uh one that I was pleasantly surprised by, uh and I'm sure you'll that th- we can end this pretty quickly. Um maybe you maybe yours is Stoneforge Mystic, but mine would be Elishnorn.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Elishnorn. So, that's a good one. All right. Was it one of those cards where, like, when you saw it played, you were like, "Ah, yes."
2: Well, yeah, it was one of those where, like, uh, saw how completely unbeatable the card was,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I thought, well, you know, Cube's not going to be that way because you know Cube creatures are bigger than, than two whatever's,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: then you know, got to do, it, got to see it once in a you know another constructed event or in a, something else. I was like, yeah, but all your guys, oh yeah, Theory of Relativity, yeah, this card's. Oof.
3: Yeah. It's it real good. Yeah, so. it, was, it was definitely a very pleasant surprise for me, too. I was like, yeah, this, uh, yeah,
2: clears the board. Now you're... just right, t- realizing how much it shuts off entire decks by itself.
3: It's really, the the feeling of, like, when in, there's an opponent seeing Elishorn, and you're just, like, looking at it, and you have this bunch of tutus that don't do anything. Yep. It's just like, oh, It's like, I can't progress my board state until I deal with this stupid thing.
2: Right. And their clock is enormous.
3: Yeah. Even just by itself is a four-seven. Like it kills you in five swings, un- so. unassisted. And it's like, well, right. What do I do now? I'm gonna have to get something, or I'm dead here. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely was a big fan. So I'm glad that it that it was good.
2: Cool. Well, that was fun.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely that was definitely good. I like the. I definitely have to do the honorary on our next episode.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to do the honorary and the, the, the most. And if you know, and uh, if you guys have ideas for, like I said, for those kind of little topics that we can cover, and you know, give one card or two card answers, like uh, that'd be sweet too. Please suggest it to us. Uh, and you can reach us by uh, you can you can find me um, uh, pretty much Anthony forty two everywhere. Uh, no matter what kind of like cube forum or I am uh, at Anthony forty two on Twitter. Um, and you can find my uh, most recent cube writings on LegitMTGGock.com. I know I've been talking about this Modern Cube article for a while. I'm promising it, but uh, it should be up. It's submitted, and hopefully it will be up in the very near future, so you can, guys can uh, help me uh, decide on, on how to build this cube and which direction to go with it. And uh, Usman, where can they find you to suggest more uh, topics?
3: Uh, so, yeah, I tweet at Usman the Red on Twitter. And I, I don't know. I haven't been tweeting as much about Cube, and I feel like I should. I've just been kind of busy lately. But yeah, mainly just tweet. Uh, do I have a blog at I'd Rather Be mm-hmm. And again, it's one of those things where I just, if you have any ideas of what you want me to blog about, like there was a couple times when I would blo- when I blogged about like the art from the Moto Cube. And I was thinking, I saw the art in, like, a splash art. I'm like, this is probably going to end up in the that's for Moto Cube, And it was. And I was like, hooray me. <laughs> I found this out. Cool. Um, but, yeah, mostly I just use it for crack-a-packs and blog updates but or, like, cube updates. But I don't know. I'm just unsure of what to really blog about. I mean, I'm not creative. But I don't know. <laughs> I guess ideas for all that stuff. The best way probably to reach me is on Twitter, um, at Usman the Red. Um I write for Star City every... Other Tuesday on, yeah, every Tuesday, me and Parnell switched it up. So usually on Tuesdays, there's cube content on SCD. I have a bunch of cube videos in the queue. I pretty much went super deep. There was one where I was just like, I remember just laughing during the video. I mean, uh, you know, I was giggling like crazy. I mean, granted. This is me. That's kind of standard. But I was just like, during the deck compo- composition, I'm like, this deck is so bad. This deck is so awful. And I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's uh, let's figure this out. Let's submit it. All right. Mm-hmm. We'll do the gameplay footage. And then the deck was actually very good. And I was like, That's, what? This, this deck looks so bad. I was like, I felt like my archetype was being cut off. And it was like, it was an archetype where I wanted to fo- uh, force... I like guess, spoiler alert, I don't know if anybody cares, but, I don't know, whatever. But I was, like, trying to force, like, red-white-blue tempo, because I would always see, like, the red aggro cards go late, the white aggro cards go late, like, the blue tempo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to force red-white-blue tempo. And I tried forcing it, and there just wasn't a support for it, because it's the Moto Cube, and aggro is, in, is pretty under-supported. And then it ended up in, like, some weird ramp kind of thing. And and then, then it ended up, like... Red, white, blue, wildfire. Ended up getting back in there, and I was like, okay, let's try this. This deck is terrible, but <laughs> let's do this. And it ended up doing there. So mainly I have a bunch of draft videos in the queue, and I don't know. Born of the Gods previews start Monday, so. Sweet. So, yeah, there'll probably be some uh-huh. preview articles about things.
2: Well, sounds like we're going to be having ourselves a Born of the Gods uh, episode here pretty soon.
3: Yeah, we'll probably do that and then blue whenever whenever we get up whenever we get around to it. Yep. But that was that, good. That was really fun. I liked it.
2: Yeah, good times. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it too. And uh, you know, we'll look for us soon with that uh the uh, Born of the Gods review and moving on into Blue. And uh I think there's only one thing left to do. That is very true. Rock over London, Rock on Chicago. The war with the spirit world continues. Meet the betrayers of Kamagawa. <laughs> That's oh, so awful. Yeah. <laughs> meet them? Is that like a meet and greet? Is it like when you go and see Mickey Mouse? Didn't they say, wasn't
3: that something like that with the champions? Wasn't it like, meet the champions of Kamigawa? Right.
2: And you're saying the champions of Kamigawa. And now these are the betrayers of Kamigawa.
1: Yeah. And now
2: these are the unpronounceable names of Kamigawa.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: we get more unpronounceable cards and Yeah. The tagline was "Meet the champions of Kamigawa." Oh, God. so they just got, the guy just phoned it in. I guess oh, like, Meet the betrayers. Yeah, that is horrible. Wow. <laughs> the war. What was that? The war. With the spirit world continues. Meet the betrayers.
2: Right. War. Wait. Well, wait, wait,
3: it's the same. It, so in champions, it was the war with the spirit world continues as well. Really? Yeah, they that somebody phoned it in. Somebody really phoned it in.
2: Oof.
1: <laughs>
2: God. We're we're getting, we're getting a lot of uh a lot of awkward uh, a lot of awkward uh things tonight as uh as we uh talk about these things. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Oh man, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. oh god, alright, I, I have to go, I can't yeah. deal with this anywhere. <laughs> On that note, yeah. see <laughs> On that note. <laughs>